What is going on, everybody? Hopefully you guys are all doing well out there. That is right. We are back again. Another year covering the National Sports Card Collectors Convention. And this year, it is in glorious, beautiful Cleveland, Ohio. And, of course, we are joined today by Ryan, who is at Sports Card News on Twitter. Ryan, how's it going from uh, just absolutely stunning Cleveland, Ohio. I mean, I'm talking to Mr. Pebble Beach himself here. So as someone, you know, like yourself, who spent a lot of time in, in Pebble, like you said, you know, Cleveland, you know, a lot of a lot of terms get thrown around. I, I've heard mistake by the lake, you know, just gloomy and depressing. And it, it's been a little raining. But like you said, there's nowhere on earth, not even Pebble Beach, that can compare to the uh, sights, sounds, and all the things that are happening in the bustling city of Cleveland. So everything's going pretty well uh, with me. Well, that sounds good. I've been, uh, you know, in between little Pebble Beach and uh, buy, selling backpacks. I mean, <laughs> been checking in on the Twitter, checking out what's going on. Uh, I know it's early. It's There's only been one official day, I think. Let us know about the crowd size. This is going to be like a Donald Trump uh, discussion. We want to know about the crowd size and the energy of the crowd there. <laughs> and the demographics. The, the, the demographics. Um, I think, uh, well, the, the shoot, the crowd size, first of all, is... Uh, Pretty, it's going to be huge Friday and Saturday. That's my prediction. I know there's going to be some weather coming up. The It's not going to hit uh, Ohio um, or at least in the Cleveland area, but I know further east there's going to be some weather, and I don't, I don't know if that's going to hurt some people who are planning maybe to migrate over from the Pennsylvania or New York areas. Hopefully that pushes through, but Friday and Saturday could be as busy a card show maybe as I've ever seen, so... Well, a busy card show is uh, always good, especially for the dealers there. Uh, let us know. I know it's it's been in Cleveland recently, but let us know, um, kind of, you know, paint a picture for us, so to speak, on the podcast about uh, what you're seeing there, what the venue's like, what um, anything stand out over the last time it was in Cleveland. Um, it's in the same place as it was in 2014. That was the last time I came here. And it's literally, if you fly into Cleveland, the airport's about 20, 25 minutes from downtown where Jacobs Field is, where the Q is, where the Cavs play and the Browns. All those all those places are within walking distance in uh, kind of downtown Cleveland. And so you fly into this airport, and it's literally out in the middle of nowhere. If you were at the IX Convention Center where this thing is, you couldn't walk to go get something to eat. You're literally like, uh, like in a almost like an airline hangar because you're literally right next to the airport at where this thing is. So you're out in, the, in, in ghost townville in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, in the outskirts of Cleveland where they, they dump this airport. But the IX center is like something like the seventh largest convention space in the uh, entire U S. So it's this Damn. big sprawling convention hall. 
it's you've got more room than you do over in Cleveland, which is a small or they use a smaller area in Cleveland. Now, somebody was telling me today that apparently back in 2008, when the national was in Cleveland, they used like even more space. Like they opened up like the whole entire convention center. They had they even had an airplane uh, chilling in one of the kind of the extra space there um, that that they kind of uh, at the convention center there. So. There's way more room. Like, you could double the size of this national out there, literally. Like, you could double the size of it if you want. Having said all that, it's still definitely the biggest card show I've ever been to, uh, probably before the 2014 National in Cleveland. It's just a huge area, uh, lots of dealers. And, you know, for a for, – I got in early yesterday, which is pretty rare. Uh, they usually don't let you in um, – early but i think if they let one media member in then they have to let everybody in and i know nfl films was there filming a lot of stuff like nfl films might have some some of the best footage from this year's national they were there all day with like five or six people deep and doing all kinds of stuff so i don't know where that that content is going to be pushed out but uh look for that and having said all that i mean it's just like I said, I think on the la- when we did this last year, I would have lost so much money going back over the years when this was a little bit more of a crickets convention and the hobby looked like it was maybe uh, poised for a downturn. It couldn't be anything further from that. We're out in Ghostville, the mistake by the Lake Cleveland, and this freaking card show that is in a glorified airline hangar outside the the cleveland airport is freaking jam-packed on a uh what day is it it's wednesday it's only wednesday or it's thursday it's thursday now but the show started on wednesday and we've got another show friday and saturday is going to be slamming if you're coming into this show maybe you're listening to this on your drive over hope you have safe travels and um but boy it's going to be quite the uh quite the experience i think friday and saturday for people who maybe never come or people who've been going over the years and 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 they're going to see something that maybe they haven't seen in a few years so last year in chicago was just slammed there was even one day where i left because there was just so many people i could imagine that they sold out of vip passes i didn't even know that was possible they sold out of vip passes i i don't ever recall that happening before on the Wednesday before the show started before anybody could walk up and get tickets. So it's pretty, it's pretty exceptional what's going on here, at least with the national. And, uh, you know, the fact that they can draw these people out to these bum, can we cuss on this or should we yeah, keep it? Clean? I don't care. Cause we got, this is family. You know what there, I know that I know for a fact, there's some, some, some y- younger age people who probably listen to this so we'll keep it clean but we're out in the middle of freaking nowhere here so i mean and the, that the fact that they can draw this amount of people uh to this is is pretty exceptional so and it's fun i mean if you want 10 cent boxes if you want high-end stuff if you want the rapper redemption stuff if you want to chase the guys in the autograph uh pavilion whatever you want now i get jaded over the years i swear to god i've seen the same cards for like the past six years at these card shows the same dealers like have the same cards the same jackie robinson bat knob the same uh mickey mantle golf bag this and the, the same guys have it i don't know what they do with these things or why they never sell them or maybe they don't want to sell them this is just kind of a show-off thing for them 
Um, but a tax it goes up every year, though. Thing is, yeah, that no, stuff's yeah. going up a year. It's almost like owning stock. It's like, well, yep, still own Apple stock, still own Nike stock, still own Starbucks. That is what, uh, that is what a vintage dealer told me. He's like, he's like, look, I could sell this now, but if I wait, it's going to go up 20% next year. And he said it's, it's been doing this for the last, like, I don't know, 10, 15 years. These cards have been appreciating. And actually, if you look out over a longer spectrum, these cards from the 50s and 60s have been like on a rocket ship, especially the ones in very nice condition. Those have have, have absolutely exploded in value. We've seen the uh, if you if you've kept track of the hobby, you know, in any kind of way, you're seeing these r- record high prices for these PSA 9, PSA 10, Mickey Mantles and, and some of the other ones. And that just pushes the prices up for all those vintage cards, the raws. Uh, and and then the lower tier grades. It just w- when a ten sells for three million or whatever, it's just going to push up the price of the nines, the eights, and the sevens and the sixes. It's just naturally going to do that. And we're in one of those kind of moments where there's a lot of interest. There's a lot of people willing to literally come out to the mistake by the lake in the middle of nowhere and go to a freaking card show. Uh, hundreds, hundreds, uh, uh, thousands of people, thousands of people. And I never thought I would, I would say that. I thought we'd be in Cricketsville by now and we're not, and we're in a middle of a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a bull market for sports cards. I think for, for vintage and, and certainly a little bit of modern as well. We're seeing, seeing some growth even overseas in the basketball card market and, and baseball obviously has has done well overseas with the exposure to Japan and Otani and stuff. So it's just a good it's just a good time to be a dealer. I kept I told somebody today I was like, damn, I wish I just had a table. Showed up with nothing, got in early on Tuesday, went and bought a bunch of stuff that I just thought was a good deal, slapped it on the table, sold it, maybe, and kept doing that. Like you, that would be a fun thing to do. I, I would never do it. It sounds like too much work, but you literally could just show up with nothing. And don't bring anything. Just buy a table, go around, buy a bunch of shit you you think is a good deal, and uh, and flip it. So it's amazing. I mean, a Friday and Saturday, if you can't make your money back, then you just have the wrong crap. Then you should just try to turn over your inventory in like an hour or two, and just until you have the right inventory that's going to sell. And I don't know if that's ten cent boxes. I don't know if that's high end stuff. It, it, it could be, you know, what, whatever type of clientele you could pull in. And a lot of these dealers, you know, the funny thing about a lot of these dealers is, is they, they, they kind of know who's coming in. They know who's flying in. They know who their big customers are. They know who they expect to see. It's almost like 500 mini little shops set up throughout this n- national. And, and, and people have different relationships with, with 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 uh, different customers there's obviously people interested in the modern stuff and, and what's going on there and there's a ton of people interested in what's going on with this with this vintage stuff and and grading and autographs and there's huge lines for the autograph pavilion for icky woods and just you know b c level athletes that had you know pretty good careers maybe um just huge lines to get these guys autographs so uh it's it's incredible. It's I would have lost a ton of money uh, betting this after going to the <laughs> national in 2012, 2013, and 2014. I never would have expected that the attendance and the growth would have. It sounds like we got cut off here, but one thing I was going to say is, 
you know, we have a wonderful economy going on right now. And so that certainly helps. You know, you've got uh, you've got a great economy. And so people have access to either a good job or some good credit. And they're they're heading over to Cleveland and um, buying whatever they can get their hands on. Sounds like yeah, we got I mean, sounds like we got you back. Hey, you got me back. Yep. We're having we're having some connection issues. Well, you're in uh when you told me the Wi Fi didn't even work the other day, I was like, Wow. You might as well went to like India or Africa or something. It's well like they're also to a third having world Wi-Fi country. issues at the pavilion it's or at the uh national itself. The group breaker pavilion is having some internet connectivity issues oh. apparently so that's uh that's, that's gonna so put that's a hurting on the business <laughs> right yeah these guys are gonna have to bust out their cell phones and uh i bet all the old uh, the older dealers are just laughing they're like ah those guys have to come out here not only get a booth get a bunch of people watching them online but they need the internet to work otherwise they can't make money it would be interesting to know what the old maybe i'll ask a couple what what i'll ask a couple older dealers um, in the next couple of days, you'll have to maybe check in on one of my podcasts for the for what happened here. But I'll ask maybe a couple of the older dealers. Hey, what do you think about those group breakers over there breaking cards on camera and see what uh, see what the response is? I can imagine some of them might not even know what group breaking is. And the guys that are making 20 percent year over year on their. Uh, on their Mickey Mantles and stuff, probably don't give a damn. No, that's probably true. There is almost kind of like a divide between the people who, who, who you know, mess with the vintage stuff and people who, who play with the modern stuff. You know, and there is kind of like that that divide. Now you go to some tables and they've got a mixture of both, but a lot of times it, it is pretty well separated. Um out through the, the tables you know what we had it we, we had a couple run-ins do you want to hear about a couple run-ins that i had over at the always guys the get a little heat little heated sounds little, like a little heated guys get sensitive guys get real sensitive about their fucking little cards and and all that shit wow we just blew the the clean podcast way out of the water there with right. the f-bombs and the, there but although so hey quick shout out though real quick shout out the guy emailed me uh, and said he listened to the show. I think as he was like putting his daughter to sleep or something. So I was like, oh. damn, I hope it was on the headphones. Because otherwise she's going to be going to school with a whole new vocabulary. But shout out to the, to that listener uh, that sent us an email. Appreciate that. Shout out to that when you get the call from the principal. Be like, <laughs> your daughter is using the word fondling in class today. <laughs> and it's just highly inappropriate. That'll be all your fault. That'll be, that'll be you can fine. call Colin right after that and be like, yep, that's all that's Colin's okay. fault. It's a free podcast. Yep. So, yeah, we, you know, we, we have a free podcast and a free website and a, a free Twitter stream and, and a free YouTube stream. These guys get butthurt about <laughs> things. Do you want to hear about tops or blowout? I feel like the tops is a little more minor. So, so I was. I, w- I got in early on Tuesday before anybody could get, you had to be a dealer, like early setup dealer or whatever. So I kind of walking around and just chilling and I'm just taking a lot of pictures. If you go to Facebook, actually, I'm kind of uploading all of the pictures 
um, that I that I've uploaded. Definitely, you want to check that out. Don't just look at Twitter because I only put a few things on Twitter. Whereas on Facebook, I probably put maybe at least forty pictures probably per day. So I'm taking a bunch of pictures and I'm over at the Tops booth and they have these cards spread out on these cardboard boxes and I take a picture. And this guy from Tops who I don't recognize and maybe maybe he. Maybe he knew who I was, but I wasn't really sure. He comes up to me and he says uh, something to the effect of, "Oh, you need to you need to delete those or whatever." And I said, "I said, oh, I said, oh, that's my fault, dude." And I I, I said, "Oh, and my name is Ryan, by the way." And I stuck out my hand to shake his hand, and and he didn't he didn't shake my hand. <laughs> so I was like, I was like. Okay, did that really just happen? Like, I can't remember the last time I got blown off like that. Especially, let's not let's remind the audience here that we're two individuals. We're tops VIP, uh, you know, so to speak. Exactly. We've we've spent upwards of five figures if you include the passes to the VIP parties, the strip club in Vegas afterwards, the five hundred Vidar the five hundred dollar Vidara suite that I bought even though I had a free room from Tops. I've spent upwards uh, 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 we have spent upwards of ten thousand dollars attending Tops parties the last couple years. Now granted we get all the money back in spades, but that's on our own volition. We could have kept all those cards and be fondling uh, Chris Bryant cards to this day. So we are we're you know we're we're tops royalty in a sense and I don't know if he knew maybe he maybe he knew who I was maybe he didn't I don't think it really matters I don't think it matters like uh, it doesn't matter when when first of all I apologize and I first of all I don't give a fuck about the cards that were there I don't even remember what they were or what they were for if they were exclusive or not I don't care I don't I don't care I, I do not care. Give the give the exclusive to Beckett to Cardboard Connection to another blogger who's coming up to anybody. I do not give a fuck about exclusive cards, uh, uh, when a checklist comes out, any of that shit. Do not care. So it, to me, it didn't matter. And so I said, okay. So, he, so he, you know, he dissed me. He didn't shake my hand, so I said, okay, well, I'll delete this photo. And then he's like, oh, no, you need delete out of your trash. Wow. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, I, I was like, bro, I don't even know how to do that. And he's like, oh, go to here. So granted, I lived in Vegas for six months. So this motherfucker got a flash of, uh, I get random texts and all kinds of weird shit from females all the time. Some so D-picks. To get to, yeah, I get it. Dude, I, I swear to God, there, here's a little side tangent. I'll like never meet a girl, right? I'll, I'll casually like text a girl or whatever, like in, when I lived in Vegas or whatever. And we'd, we'd maybe like get to a point where maybe we'd meet up. But it never would happen. And then literally, like, some of these girls, like, a month later will, like, blow me up with the with the dildo shot and the naked pics. And I'm like, oh. bitch, I never met you. Like, what the fuck? So I've got all these pictures in my phone, you know, some just ran- the, the girls in Vegas are a little crazy. So, you know, he maybe got a free free viewing of some of those. And I didn't even know that if you deleted something, it's not it's it's technically not deleted. There is a like, quote, trash thing that you then go permanently delete. But then that was it. So he totally disses me. So here's what I thought. You know, if I was a real jerk, they're having this tops meet and greet on Friday in front of 150 people and presumably I don't care about the 150 people. There's probably going to be his boss and maybe his boss's boss lined up <laughs> on a fucking podium. 
So if I were him, first of all, I would not call on me because I might light him up like a fucking Christmas tree in front of 150 of his customers and his boss and maybe his boss's boss. So if you work at one of these card companies, and I know several of you who do, who listen to these podcasts and who will be listening to this one, every time you're on the fucking clock, whether that's at the National, whether that's at a Topps VIP party, whether you're walking outside the Topps building to go to your fucking car to go home or to get on the subway or to get on the bus, you are representing Topps and every little action that you make could have repercussions. Let's not forget, folks, mm. former Topps employee. Mark Sapir, mm. long-time employee. This motherfucker mm. worked there for like 10 years, guys. 10 years. And then his first interaction, and again, it's always a first impression. First impressions mean a lot. His first impression to Sports Card Radio was him calling me on the phone. And his direct words to me were, if I ever see you say anything negative about this company especially on Twitter, I will cut you off for good. That's what he told me. And then let's refresh everybody. We were not being cut in on anything at the moment from top. So he said we were going to be cut off for good. It's like being cut off from, you know, season tickets that you don't even have or a box break that you didn't even buy into. Or a 52 mantle you can't even afford. How about this? How about cut off a fucking check that you fucking sent me? (laughs) That's about the only thing that would get me a little percolating and would get me to bow down on your knees and be like, okay, yes, Mr. Sapir, if I say anything negative, then you can cut me off and you can stop sending that check. But the fact remains that we never got a check from Tops. So when when somebody from Tops said, I don't give a fuck how high on the food chain he is or not. And that motherfucker was pretty high up on the on the food chain, at least in the middle management level. I don't give a fuck who you are. That shit went right over my head. Not only did we not adhere to his request, hmm. we ratcheted up the heat <laughs> maybe one, two, three, four notches. And, and at the industry summit, mm. this motherfucker proceeded to walk up to me, hand on my heart, honest to God, hands shaking. <laughs> Why do I think his first words were, I don't recall directly. So I, I, I do recall the phone conversation when he, when he fucked up, when he, he fucked up. So this is his first impression to me. And he thought he could just snow me and just tell me, oh, if I ever see you here, if I ever see you, ever say anything negative to me on Twitter, I'll cut you off. And I'm thinking to myself, I remember I talked to you like, cut us off from what? I fuck this motherfucker. So we ratcheted up the heat. These guys are glued to fucking Twitter. All of them, all the employees glued to Twitter, what you're saying. They're not glued to Facebook. They're not glued to Instagram. They have no idea what the how to probably log into Snapchat. <laughs> they are glued to Twitter. 
So this motherfucker sitting over literally at the industry summit with all these customers there. He's literally sitting there glued to what I'm bashing tops on Twitter. Comes up to me handshaking at the national. You don't want to have a deal. This is what he said to me. You don't want to make a deal. You don't want to have a partnership. And I know I've told this story probably on, on this podcast many times. This month, I, t- I looked at this motherfucker. I said, me and my brother. And at this time we were making like probably a quarter, like uh, well into the six figures per year on sports card radio. I looked at this motherfucker and without a check from tops to reiterate, I looked at this motherfucker and I was like, my brother and I built a website without any help from anybody in this room. Point blank period. Nobody helped us in that room. Period. We built a six figure website with no help, no ass kissing, nothing, no employees, none, us two together. This is what I told Mark Sapir. Sure enough, what, what do you, uh, the, the, what do you think happened mm. after we had that conversation? A 10 year employee, I think he was a 10 year employee at Tops. Two months later, what do you think happened to that motherfucker? Mm. You think, would you believe it if I told you that he left? Now, we don't know if he quit or he was fired or he was let go. And maybe I had something to do with that. Maybe I didn't. But first impressions, and when you're on the clock, if it's at the National, if it's when you're walking to your fucking car, if it's you're calling me on the phone, if it's you're addressing me on Twitter, first impressions mean a lot. So when this motherfucker comes up to me and says, you need to delete those photos, and because I like Tops, because I'm a Tops VIP, because I've spent well into $10,000 attending Tops parties over the last couple of years, I was willing to cut him a break. And I didn't recognize him. I didn't recognize him. Maybe he's been to the parties, but he's, he wasn't somebody I recognized. I said, my fault. By the way, my name is Ryan. Here's my hand. I extended it. Again, this was before the national started. So I had to be able to be in there for a reason. I wasn't just a Joe Blow. Like, they don't just let you in. And he didn't accept it. So when you don't accept a handshake from somebody from Stockton, California, and we've talked about on this show before, you can go back and replay the tape. Respect is everything. And somebody like Michael Alexander Smith mm. from Cardboard Connection, which we might have an update on him a little bit later, breaking news. Somebody like him, when he made the astronomical failure to put in a Twitter post that he was that that he was suggested that he was going to give you, mm. the owner of a Mercedes Benz, Mister Fucking Pebble. Beach himself. Pebble fucking beach. Gas a week money. in Pebble. Spent a, a week. A week at Pebble. He was going to give you gas money to leave Pebble Beach to drive to the mistake on the motherfucking lake in Cleveland. See, people like Michael Alexander Speed, they make those mistakes 
And there are repercussions. Mm. There are repercussions. So if you work at one of these card companies, if you aspire to be a CEO of a blog, of a card <laughs> company, of a grading company, whatever it is, your first impression to me means that. And somebody like this, this gentleman at Tops, he better hope that on Friday I'm in a good mood. Maybe I've smoked enough weed. Maybe I listened to a couple Pearl Jam albums and maybe in front of 150 people and his boss and maybe his boss's boss. I don't light his fucking ass up like a fucking Christmas tree. So if you are listening to this and you are an employee, if you aspire to be a CEO at one of these card companies, let this be a warning. Your first impressions mean a lot. And this guy's first impression to me was, hey, you need to delete, delete those pictures. And I gave him a second chance. I gave him a second chance. I apologize. I extended my hand. And he didn't take it. Mm. That's the type of people that work at these card companies. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't give a fuck about you. So just know that when you're buying this shit, you can enjoy it. You can you can you can spend a lot of money on this shit, and you you can uh, you can get great satisfaction buying these cards. But just know that these people at these card companies, most of them, a lot of them, don't give a fuck about you. Are counting down the fucking hours to get the fuck out of there. Don't want to be in the mistake on Lake Cleveland any more than you do, any more than I do. They can't wait to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it's like they LeBron. They don't give a fuck about your collection. <laughs> Just know that. These guys are not impressive. They graduated from fucking some junior college community. We're not talking about impressive people here <laughs> at all. Point Blake fucking period. So that, that, that was just round one. That was just round one. Wow. Se second running, second running. If we recall dating back, I believe this is going back now well over a year. Blowout Sports Cards had their website compromised for well over three months. Oh. And not not only that, which which can happen. You know, I've had websites hacked. We've had Sports Card Radio has been hacked. Um, I've, got now we're not I've got a whole server right now that's been done for like that's two months. That's done. Done so, yeah. It can, it's like 20 it can websites. It can definitely happen. And... So his website had gotten hacked. And the thing is, is when you're collecting customer information and uh, uh, credit card information, there are certain steps you have to take once you've been hacked to let everybody know. And you've got to offer them like a free credit report and all this kind of bullshit. Um, Fish didn't really own up to it or really do that uh, uh, right after his website had gotten hacked. And well over $100,000 in fraudulent charges had been um, kind of accounted for just from people who had posted on his forum about this stuff. So 
I we lit them up on Sports Card Radio. It's probably like the I don't know, maybe like the fourth or fifth most popular post on Sports Card Radio in the last year or two. And he, Tom Fish, who's who's part owner of Blowout Cards, he goes to these tops VIP parties too, and he usually has eighteen wristbands, and you know he kind of thinks he's the big shot and all this kind of shit. Uh, he's had opportunities to talk to me. I have no interest in talking to him, first of all. He's had opportunities to talk to me. He's had opportunities to come up and, and say something to me uh, about his, his hacked website or whatever, his lack of response thereafter to it, and his customers who got you know $100,000 in fraudulent charges. And I actually had my debit card, uh, some fraudulent charges on my debit card this week. I know what a pain in the ass it is to have to get a new debit card, especially when you're not even at home. So a lot of his customers were inconvenienced. He didn't show a lot of fucking, didn't seem to show a lot of interest in that or really care that, that he had compromised some of these people's information and, um, you know, caused some inconvenience for them. So this motherfucker, as I'm shooting what I do now with these videos on YouTube, uh, if you if you don't know, I've been shooting videos from the National on YouTube since about 2012. So, what I do with all the box sellers, they're all kind of in one area: Atlanta, Steel City, DA, Blowout. They're all kind of in one little circle there. They put them all close to each other. So I just kind of shoot them all at once. So I sh- I think I shot DA, and I was maybe like 10 minutes into the video, and I'm shooting Blowout just to be nice. Just because I know the people that would want the video would want me to show Blowout, even though I have no interest in promoting Blowout, I have no interest in shopping there, and I have no interest in talking or dealing with Tom Fish. As I'm shooting this video, and it's actually you can go to it, you could watch this whole interaction, you can watch me basically get punked by Tom Fish at Blowout Cards uh, on video. It's called like Waxbox Sellers of the 2018 National. It's on our Sports Card Radio YouTube. It's about seven, eight minutes in if you don't want to watch the whole thing. But he like says, he says like, sup, or can I help you? Can I, he says it like two or three times because I'm not expecting somebody to come up and, and talk to me. So I didn't hear him. And so I look at him and I said, I said, hey, what's up? And he says, I don't know. He says, what are you doing or something? And I said, I'm shooting a video. I said, do you want to be on it? And I think he says no. And then I think I said, I said, are you sure? <laughs> and then he says, you need to go shoot your video somewhere else. And I said, fine. And so I just left and went and go start shooting uh, Atlanta sports cards. So these, let me tell you what a big, huge mistake that was. Because nobody gives a fuck about me. Nobody gives a fuck about sports card radio. Nobody gives a fuck about sports card news. Nobody gives a fuck about my Twitter feed. Nobody gives a fuck about you. You know, it's all small, pun intended, small fish stuff. Blowout has this big, huge booth, and he's doing giveaways, and he's this big, happy guy with these glasses, and he's this cool uh, guy with with people around his booth. Well, we've got three or four more days of this show, and similar to this Topps guy, there's going to be a lot of people around that that Blowout booth, and I walk by that booth, gosh, several times a day, and what if I just win a big crowd of people around? What if I just yell out to Tom Fish, hey, have you fixed your hacked website yet? Do you think that would embarrass me at all? Does anybody think that would embarrass me at all? If you think that would embarrass me at all, just hang around the blowout booth tomorrow, which is Thursday, and you're going to see that happen. Every time I walk by and every time I see him, and actually 
every time I see that motherfucker anywhere. I'm just going to ask him if he's fixed this hacked website yet. And it could be around a big crowd of people, and let's see what his reaction is. Sure as hell not going to embarrass me. That's certainly what he's upset about. He's upset that I blew his fucking ass up about this hacked website. And again, I'm willing to give guys second or third chances because here I am promoting his fucking booth. And then he comes up and tries to punk me. This is how dumb you guys are. I'm willing to let things go. What are you guys so angry about? There's a line out the door to get into this fucking show, which is in the middle of nowhere. What are you guys so upset about? You guys not making any money? Nope. Is it too hard to make money? Too much competition? The product's too much? All the basketball products going to China now? All those guys are getting it? What's the problem? Why, what are you so angry about? So those are things. If you, you, know, you are a CEO, you aspire to be a CEO, you're an employee, every single interaction you make could end up being a huge mistake. Huge mistake. And it may not affect his business whatsoever. He's going to people are going to continue to buy boxes for him at the show and online. And he's going to continue to probably have a a successful business. It looks like they redesigned their website uh, lately. It looks a hell of a lot better than the 1999 thing they had going on for about 10 years there. So a lot of times when you get hacked, it can be kind of a positive thing. You end up you should have been reinvesting this money into the business probably for many years. And now that we're on an upswing, and that's actually kind of one of the things I wanted to t- touch on in this show, is now that we're in an upswing, let, you know, shouldn't this, we be looking ahead a- as an industry, pl- kind of planning for the future and getting ahead of ourselves? But a lot of these guys, these employees, they, they can't get past the, the latest tweet. Mm. They can't get past the slight from two years ago. I don't give a fuck if it was DA's website, Steel City's website, Tops' website, whoever's website gets hacked, I'm going to write an article about it. Period. I don't give a fuck. And if you're lazy about it and you don't do anything for a week and your customers start uh, posting on your forum how they've been uh, shot up for $100,000, yeah, I'm going to write an article about it. I don't care if you're blowout cards. Again, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are. A lot of these guys take it personal, and if you again, if you want to make it personal, I can make it fucking personal. We can make it personal. Every time I walk by that booth, every employee that I see, hey, didn't you guys' this website get hacked? I'll just play dumb and be like, hey, didn't I read that? Did you guys fix that? You, t- you can show them the ad on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey. It says on Sports Card Radio, your your guys' website got hacked. Is that true? In front of a lot of people. There's a lot of people at this show. They do these huge giveaways and stuff. What if I just yell out? What do I care? I don't care. I don't care. Again, it's the same thing if, I, if, if we go into the tops room and it's in front of 150 people and the guy's boss and his boss's boss. Who's going to be more embarrassed? Whose face is going to be more red? His or mine? So you guys better watch the fuck out. <laughs> Man, I didn't need to have this thing in like Pebble Beach or something. You guys would be way more chill. They wouldn't afford it. Back. First of all, this is here. Here's here's a little more insight 
the reason why they don't have this show in California is because people like DA and and fucking Tom Fish at Blow Up threaten that they won't come out there and bring all their shit. Fuck those motherfuckers. Fuck them. Fuck them. These people don't care about the hobby. They care about themselves. They don't want a West Coast show because these motherfuckers are over in Timbuktu Buff or West Virginia or wherever the fuck these motherfuckers live. And they don't want they can't traipse across the country. They can't afford it, first of all. They don't want to come out here. They wouldn't fit in. Let's start a West Coast show with West Coast dealers and weed smoke blowing up and fucking rap music playing and fucking let's liven it up a little bit. There are plenty of fucking dealers. You don't need DA Carwell. You don't need blow. You don't need any of those motherfuckers to show up. You charge more to get in. Charge more for parking. That's where you're going to make your money. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways you could make money and and obviously it was something maybe a, a more of a longer term strategy and you don't have to blow up something huge like the national you don't have to have 600 dealers i know there was even somebody who emailed the show who was setting up some shows in colorado who uh you know ha- was having some success with that yeah, he was looking right. kind of for um a way to diversify his i think i believe he had a hobby shop or some kind of uh, uh online business and he was looking for a way to diversify it, so he started setting up shows. And apparently, they were going pretty well. So I yeah. hope they, I hope they were continuing to do well. But they're not coming out west because of people like Tom Fish, because of pe- people like that. There's, they, they, they'll tell the national straight up, "We're not, we're not going to come, or we're, on, we're only going to buy a couple tables." So you have a couple people do that, and it's, you know, we are, we are, we are, we stay by the mistake by the lake. And here's the funny thing. This ain't even the worst national site. I mean, Atlantic City is a fucking dump. <laughs> dump. And I hadn't even lived in Vegas yet. I hadn't. I don't even know what I'm going to do in 2020. I think my plan is to stay in New York and maybe go over to the show once or twice. But Miss Atlantic City is absolutely miserable. Miserable. But they're never come, don't don't waste your breath tweeting them or emailing. They're not coming out here. They get tax breaks out here. They get free rent. They get Lord knows what else. They're not coming to, to California. Period. Somebody else is going to have to set up that show. And don't call blowout. Don't call DA. Don't call Steel City because those guys are going to expect fucking good old boy treatment. Create your own show. Call us. We'll both come out there. If you do it in Vegas. You do it in Arizona. You do it, especially if you do it in Cali. Colin and I will both fucking show up and I'll do buy a, a show. Booth. I will have a booth. I might not set we'll anything up, but booth. I'll buy a booth. No, we'll buy a booth. We'll tweet. We'll promote it for free. All for free. We're not asking for anything. But that's the only way this is going to get done. And I sure as hell ain't going to fucking do it. I mean, we're talking about a whole different skill set here. We're not talking about finaling cards or opening cards on cameras. I mean, there's 45 fucking group breakers over in that stupid pavilion where the internet connection doesn't even work in the pavilion, Mm. by the way. Mm. And these Mm -hmm. mother, I'm thinking to myself, why hasn't one of these motherfuckers set up a card show? Just one. Just start with one. Fuck, just stop. Stop breaking on camera for one Saturday and set up a card show. Call all your dealer buddies. Call all the buddies that you sell shit to. Do a little marketing. And start with one. I guarantee the people at the national, they make it money on the show. 
they're taking home some money at the show. They're getting free rent. They're not renting the facility, if that makes any sense at all. Because why? Because Cleveland, I don't know who owns the IX Center, probably the city of Cleveland or whatever. They know that all these motherfuckers, fondlers are going to come in and they're all overweight. They're all going to go eat at Applebee's. <laughs> they're all going to fucking stay in the hotel rooms. They're all going to fucking, you know, eat five meals a day. I mean, good Lord, you should see some of the size of these people. I mean, I've dropped a little weight myself. I was a little chunky there a little myself, but good Lord, even when I was my my chunkiest, I was like fucking, you know, a lightweight compared to some of these guys. <laughs> Woo, guys. Mix in the juices, the protein bars, the fucking just skip a meal or two. It's this is not all genetics. I don't want oh I'm big boned and shit. Guys, human bodies are not supposed to look like some of you motherfuckers look like. So <laughs> first of all, just for your own health sake, I'm just saying that for your own health sake. Again, I was getting overweight myself. I lost about thirty five pounds or so. So I was getting a little overweight myself. But I, at my heaviest, I was two twenty five. I mean, some of these people are three twenty five at the at their you know their high school weights three twenty five maybe. So, <laughs> well, I'm just on fire. This is woo. This is as as wet and as fiery as I've been in a minute. This is what happens when motherfuckers like this. It started yesterday when he didn't shake my hand, and I mm. was like, "What?" I was like, "Wait, what?" Mm. I was like, "I don't give a fuck about this stupid card. I don't even. I don't even remember what the card was, who it was, what it was for, what it was exclusive, when it's coming out. I have no. I. I it's totally blanked out of my mind. And I, your trash. And your hand. trash bin on your phone. <laughs> oh my, yeah. Yeah. No shit. Good lord. I mean, he's he's lucky. He told me maybe I would have found it and I would have tweeted it out. Be like, oh, look at this fucking exclusive card that nobody cares about. Nobody cares about this shit. I mean, let's be real. If it ain't in a fucking pack of cards, if it ain't Otani, if it ain't autographed, if it ain't Mike Trout, nobody gives a fuck. So, uh, so we had the run-ins there. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Busy day at the show. Um, we have poor internet connection at the mm. Group Breaker Pavilion, mm-hmm. and I feel like we should give an update. Breaking news to the Hello. Sports Card Radio podcast. That is right. We have exclusive information you're not going to fucking hear anywhere else. Because nobody, nobody in this hobby has the fucking cojones to fucking <laughs> call this motherfucker out. Mike Smith. Mm. Former. I think we can say that now. <laughs> former oh. CEO. He is no longer a CEO. <laughs> oh, he he has taken the hard fall from Ooh. former CEO of Cardboard Connection website. This mother, everybody hated this motherfucker. If you were a blogger, if you you hated this motherfucker, somebody told me today it was one of the funniest things. He's like Mike Smith thinks he invented the national. That's how big <laughs> his fucking ego was. Literally, if you don't know Mike Smith or if you, if you don't know anything about him, literally, Mike Smith, who never collected cards, didn't know what a checklist was, didn't know how to put up a checklist on his website, didn't know any of that. His – he literally – his ego was so big that he thought he fucking invented the fucking national that's been around for 38 years or whatever. <laughs> that's how dumb this motherfucker was. He's so fucking stupid that he has lost – well, wait, 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 wait. 
wait, 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 wait. He not only got he not, not one. Are you ready? Not one. Not one. Not, not two. two. Not, not three. three. Not, not four. four. Not, not five. Not, not six. six. Wait, are we done? No, not seven. <laughs> not seven. Not eight. Not eight. Not nine. Not nine. <laughs> Guys, drum roll, please. Michael Alexander Smith, former CEO of Cardboard Connection, got charged with ten, ten. fucking felonies. Oh. Do you know any? Think about, stop, stop what you're doing right now. Just stop what you're fucking doing. Do you know anybody in your personal life who has 10 felonies <laughs> on their fucking record, guys? 10! Most of these guys haven't even had sex with 10 girls. I mean, and this guy has 10 felonies. Guys, it, <laughs> guys, just skip 10 meals and you might lose fucking that 40 pounds that you need to fucking lose. Guys. Oh <laughs> Ten felonies. This guy. <laughs> wow. Wow. So, so breaking news update: Michael Alexander Smith had not one but ten felonies charged against him. Damn. He lost, guys. He lost not only the cardboard connection website. Mm. He lost his wife. Ooh. He lost custody to his kids Ooh. he spent 30 days in jail oh. and and somehow when you're white and you get 10 felonies you only get 30 days in jail but i'll let you guys fucking determine what you think happened there now he just literally breaking news to the sports card radio news desk he just lost the deed to his fucking house oh. that now belongs in sole possession to his wife Hmm. Mr. Michael Alexander Smith got the eviction notice, got the divorce papers, got the papers from the court that says this cardboard connection website is no longer yours. Oh, and the 68 hundo that you stole, that just fucking stole Mr. Invented the National, <laughs> had to steal from his wife and his kids and his website $6,800 just so he could get that next fucking hit him. I thought he might be trying to shoot me some gas money, but it never... Oh, that's I right. I keep oh, checking my right. PayPal. That's a long way to Cleveland. That's a lot of gas money. It oh, might wow. be $1,600 in gas. Holy shit, that'd be a long trip. You would have had to left fucking in June. <laughs> right, yeah. So, he lost the deed to his house, mm. and now, the rumor going around the National Sports Collectors Convention is that the website is going to be for sale. The wife um, maybe doesn't want to run it. Again, these are unconfirmed. I have tried to reach out to the – look. Oh, and this is one thing I want to say. We, we've, have, we've been having a lot of fun with, with this, and we've had, we, we have had a lot of fun poking fun at Mike Smith, a lot. And I regret absolutely zero trampling on this motherfucker. Absolutely zero. I wish I could do it more. I wish I didn't have to scalp football tickets. I wish I didn't fucking have a Beanie Babies website that I get fucking 100 messages a day. I wish I didn't have other shit to do. And I could trample on this motherfucker some more. But let me make one thing clear. My beef is with Mike Smith. I don't care about – I don't have beef with the wife. I don't have beef with anybody who works there currently. 
And I don't have beef with anybody who buys the site or takes over the site or if the wife continues to run it. So I just want to make that clear. You don't have to boycott a cardboard connection. I I think Smith is gone. I think uh, until further notice, I think Smith is gone. I think it's safe to go to cardboard connection. It's safe to promote their content if there's anything good on that site. It's safe that if somebody else buys it to give it a fresh start, it's safe to give the wife a fresh start again. It's somebody I've never met, somebody I've never interacted with. She's had to do this motherfucker on a whole nother level. I mean, she's got kids and all this kind of bullshit. So I just want to make that clear. We've been having a lot of fun, but there's a totally fresh start with the, with the site, with the, now that Smith is gone, that's all I gave a fuck about, you know, in, in terms of in terms of them, in terms of the site. And w- now that it looks like he might be totally gone or, or pretty soon here, he's going to be totally gone and maybe new ownership of the site. Then it all starts clean. It, everything starts clean. And again, we're now back to zero. So your first impression means a lot. So remember that if you buy Cardboard Connection and you want to have a first impression meeting with the legendary longest running host of a podcast at the national and you're listening to both of them right now if you want to have a good first impression again something to fucking think about there that's right but, folks we are uh, yeah, it, we're in totally our 10th year we're in our 10th year here and we're not playing around if you offer if you me can't... gas money i would like the new owners to honor that commitment <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And so gas money would would entail uh, actually Turlock to Cleveland or Turlock to Atlantic City. So that's quite oh, a bit. And back. So we're, it might be 6800 bucks. I think we're talking about – he might have stole that money, that 6800 to give to you. I, I I'm a, still waiting very, for it. Bitcoin, cash, check. Probably not check from him. But ooh, yeah. Uh, you don't want to take check. I'll take it in any form, any currency at this point. Well, I love it. So there's a little update on Mike Smith, and we we, we might even have more uh, mm. breaking news updates in terms of uh, Mike Smith coming, maybe in you know in the coming months. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, as far as the rest of the show is concerned, I, I will have a meeting tomorrow. It looks like with Tim from Check Out My Cards. So I'm gonna uh, get to pepper him with with some questions and kind of where he is with the site. It's something I do every year. You know, it's kind of, we, we do this podcast every year and every year I, I get to talk with him. What I am going to try to do is if we, if it's kind of quiet, we can f- kind of find a quiet area. I will try to interview him about what we talked about and try to r- wrap something together real quick and put it on my own podcast feed. So be on the lookout for that. Um, and if there's anything you would like to me to talk to him about, because I will have an ex- it may not be on the interview, but I could talk to him about it and ask him uh, a specific question. You can always do that. The text question. line's always open. 702-900-2149. Do you have a question? I have for a question. Uh, I would uh, two questions. One would be, uh, has anybody I know Beckett made kind of like a lame duck offer to buy the company out. He doesn't have to uh, reveal who or how many people I would like to know. Has anyone? Offered to buy it, buy, check out my cards. Um, that would be one question. Second question I have, and I think I always try to get you to ask this, is can I buy some shares of the company? 
I'm not I'm not talking about millions of dollars or even tens of thousands of dollars, but I could go up a decent amount if uh, if I could buy some percentage, a very small percentage, but um, I wish I would have done it obviously a long time ago, but um, I do I would like at some point to have some kind of ownership stake. That's what would be my my uh, my question or pitch, I guess. I know when I talked to him a little bit about it last year, he said that if they went, if they like had to raise money to like develop like an app, that he would that he would have to do some kind of crowdsource funding where you maybe would get some sort Something. of piece. So what I can do is I will ask him about. Like I don't, I don't know if he's gonna outright sell you a piece of the company. He, might, you know, he's uh, he's probably he might. I'll have to talk to him. He might be at the stage where he does need. Uh, he probably needs like a large investment. Right. Yeah. But that's what I'm thinking. Is like my my amount is not gonna. You know, then they could lose that in a corner of the office. But you know, could it could it like start around with with some other people? kind of chipping in and then all of a sudden it does turn into something big. So I'm not looking for much. I just want, you know, a little something. something. God, we would have been so rich if we started investing in them 10 years ago or, oh, yeah. or eight years ago, whenever it was, we started talking about them. I mean, we've given, here's, here's a great, check out my cards is a great example of my brother and I giving free advertising, uh, tons and, t- uh, users have, have, have taken our advice or listened to our podcast or taken our content and applied their own uh, usage over to check out my cards. I know so many people. I know fucking over like 10 people that are like, I found out about check out my cards from you and your brother. So those are t- 10 accounts that have deposited money, that have bought and sold cards, that have been uh, you know customers of check out my cards because of an endorsement from my brother and I. Because... The first impression that Tim has made to you and to me was beyond positive. And on top of that, the first impression of the other employees that I've met, I've met several of them, have always been positive. I've never had a negative uh, interaction with anybody at Check Out My Cards. That goes a long way. You don't see us fucking bashing the site. Tomorrow I'm going to meet with them. Tomorrow I'm going to probably stick a microphone in his face and interview him and give him even more publicity and promote this company even further. It's just little things, guys. We're not talking about, you know, tough things. We're talking about literally the entire food chain of check out my cards. I've had positive interactions with from Tim, the guy who owns the whole thing to the, to, to the, to the lower on guys who are, who are doing uh, marketing and, and uh, maybe have worked in card sorting and card identification people. These all have people I've had interactions with that have been positive. And it's a very easy thing and probably natural thing for them to do. That's why when people like the guy at Tops, who I don't even know his name, he better hope that I don't find out his name. Good mm. Lord. Guys like the guy at Tops, Tom Fish at Blowout Cards, Mike, Michael Alexander Smith, the former CEO of Cardboard Connections, these guys make a mistake. Either their first impression's fucked up or they they uh, lose the thread and they, they act out. <laughs> mm. And and look at look at the repercussions. My, Mark mm. Sapir. Mark Sapir lost his job. You don't think I might have had something to do with that? 
Mr. Alexander Smith, holy shit, the house is gone, the website's gone, the kids are gone, the money's gone, the drugs are gone, your freedom's gone. It's illegal for you to have a gun. He's a big, huge gun guy. Well, when you got 10 felonies, guess what? Uh, yeah, hmm. you can't, believe it or not, you can't have a, uh, a weapon in the United States. Well, your Second Amendment goes, bye-bye. So good luck if, if he gets caught with a gun. That, that'll be a violation of the multiple felonies that are on his head. But these are all guys who have suffered the repercussions of making mm. the huge, massive, astronomical mistake. You're forgetting one, actually. Oh, whoa. The card Who father himself. Oh, my God. How could we forget? <laughs> what an epic. Is he at the National? No, for, no, no, this guy's gone off the map. First of all, this is the one guy who, uh, uh, this guy literally almost fought me. The last time it was in Cleveland. That's right. This is the last time it was in Cleveland. This is how great a company Panini was. They had this motherfucker at their booth breaking. <laughs> so this fucker's at Panini's booth breaking. I go up, and of course he's live on camera, so I thought, well, it'd be a good time to go take a picture of him. He, you know, He's on camera. This motherfucker, while he's doing a live break, jumps out, tries to swipe my cell phone out of my hands. And this motherfucker is huge. He was like a college football player. Now, I might be brash. I might talk tough. But one thing I'm not, I'm not fucking stupid. If a six, six guy who, who's huge, he's an offensive lineman. I mean, this motherfucker is huge. Gets in my face. I'm not going to, you know, step out of line. So I did the smart thing. I just so happened to have a convert. Literally, the next person I talked to was his distributor. Oh! Oh! <laughs> oh! Ouch. He had some choice words to say about him. And lo and behold, does Josh K. break anymore? Does he do breaks? No, he doesn't. Is he here at the National? No. Has he shown up since? Has his Card World TV idea that was supposed to make him rich... Did that ever get off the ground? No. Does that website even exist anymore? No. And, matter of fact, he made another catastrophic mistake. He went, he's one of the few people to be interviewed by you. Mm. And he made the absolute catastrophic mistake that he didn't record the interview himself <laughs> so that afterwards you could make that him look like however you fucking wanted and I'm not saying you did I'm not saying you did but you could have and he had no way to put out his own tape to authenticate his own validity of his interview so again you guys not only make mistakes when you kind of act out and you don't take the handshake and you try to act tough you act tough but when you've got you guys got these huge bellies even fish is overweight dude get on a treadmill bro stop eating stop eating swedish fish get on a treadmill you're a little overweight too bro you've got you got these big huge bellies but you don't got a lot Going on upstairs. <laughs> you, your website gets hacked and you don't do shit about it for a fucking week. 
You you don't extend your hand to me, and in two days we're going to be in front of 150 customers and your boss and your boss's boss. Oh, what a mistake that could be. Or you're an aspiring million-dollar group breaker with a fucking million-dollar card TV quote idea. You get on a podcast that you don't record yourself so that afterwards, and I'm not saying this happened, you could be edited to make (laughs) you look like a fucking moron. And you could go, if you want to, you can perfectly well do this on your own volition right now. Go listen to that interview and tell me if you think that motherfucker sounds like a moron or not. I'll just give you a little insight. Here we are, I don't know, how four, four years after that interview took place, people to this day still come up to me and say how much they enjoy that. And they go back to it annually <laughs> and listen to it again. So, guys, you, your dumbassness can be immortalized forever. So I would like to extend an invitation to this top guy, to Tom Fish, to Mike Alexander. If you guys ever want to do an interview with me, go right ahead. I would gladly do that with you. And if you would like an example of how that would go, look no further than the Josh Cade Cardfather X interview that was done on this very website, sportscardradio.com. Colin, do you have anything to say about that? <laughs> just, oh, man, that's just uh, classic, classic, uh, classic sports card beef. And uh, I remember at the time it was pretty funny and now it's even funnier um so i yeah i would just warn these guys okay because it's not just the podcast that's easily probably the most uh subscribed to on itunes so i mean it's it, it comes up all the time it's in everybody's feed but not that many people listen to podcasts but you know you pump up your Twitter ads. That's where a lot of the traffic comes from. We can pump up a Facebook. You can boost a Facebook post for 10, 15 bucks. We're not even talking about hundreds, like thousands of dollars. I think over the course of the year, you spend a decent amount. But if you do something stupid, for $25, we can damn near get uh, the vast majority of sports card collectors that present themselves on the internet. Now, not everybody is out there saying, I'm a collector. I like tops. I like sports card radio. I like different websites, Beckett, and you can go target these people. But whoever does, we can damn near sh- sure present them at least an ad, whether or not they click on it or read it or that that's beyond them. But as we've seen with the ads, they're incredibly engaging. They work tremendously. And it's very, very, very inexpensive to reach thousands and thousands of people. This is like uh, the Russians electing Donald Trump. All they had to do was spend, like, what, a quarter million dollars? And they, they got the number one news spots on, on Facebook every other day? And that's the, the election. Imagine baseball cards, how easy it is to reach your customers for, like, I'm talking like 20 bucks. 30 bucks. If we really want to go crazy, 60 bucks, 70 bucks. You put a hundred dollars at it. You're not even, you're not going to spend it all. And we're talking about a hundred dollars. I was just in Pebble beach. And when I'm talking about Pebble beach, I'm talking about the 18th hole of Pebble beach. 
So I'm having steak dinners and tipping people more than what I'm paying in ads to blow you guys up. So that's just a little warning. I know we've done that with Smith. We did that with Blowout, probably with some of these other companies. I'm not really sure. But we, we could do it a lot more. We don't even do that with our own content. Okay, I'm not going to post this podcast, post a link to it. I mean, I might. Actually, this is probably the one podcast that I do. But the other 15 to 20 that I do the rest of the year, there will be no promotion. But if anybody doesn't extend the hand, and this is not just to us. We're on here. This is our 10th year because we speak to the collector. We speak with them. And it's sometimes we speak for them. And if you're an employee of one of these uh, card companies and somebody comes up to your booth, whether they take a picture or not, you should be looking to treat them with the respect that they deserve. And if you don't, you deserve to get called out. And we're prepared to unleash the full fire and fury Hmm. associated with Sports Card Radio. Again, Colin was not only in Pebble Beach, he was on the 18th fucking hole of the golf course you know. I just spent six months in Las Vegas. I, I didn't have a job. I didn't work. I didn't have anything to do. I chased women. I went to the pool. Six months, guys. Six months. You think I'm worried about a couple dollars blowing you up on some ads on Twitter? You think I couldn't just ratchet those up a little one, two, three, four, five, if I really wanted to? If maybe instead of six months in Vegas, I just kicked it down to five? What do you think I spent per month in Vegas? Mm. This, is a, this isn't a question to the, to the loyal listeners of Sports Card Radio who have shown us great respect. Matter of fact, let me just say this real fact first. The only people that I want to deal with or that I want to see at these fucking national sports collectors conventions are people who listen to the show. That's it. I don't want to meet you if you only know me from Twitter. Period. And if you're listening to this podcast, you you know me from somewhere else other than Twitter. If you listen to the show, I want to meet you. If you don't, I don't really. <laughs> I don't want anybody to know who I am. I don't want to talk to Tom Fish. But at any moment, if we wanted to, instead of six months, the six-month vacay that I take took in Vegas, I could have ratcheted it down to five. I could get a lot more exposure to this than you guys think. When have you seen us promote our own content? And by content, I'm talking about, again, a podcast. You've done over 200 podcast episodes. Show me, show me how many tweets uh, from Colin about his podcast episodes. I put the post on Facebook. Anything that goes on pace, Facebook, pretty much I post it. We're not out here promoting our content. We're not out here blowing ourselves up in any t- type of degree. Which makes it even more mm. disgusting when I get treated like a second-class citizen when I've been a VIP at these fucking tops parties. 
could have been one of those people that got my credit card hacked off Blowout Card's website. Uh, again, $100,000 in fraudulent charges. That's just the people that posted on his forum about it. Hmm. We could be talking about millions, guys. Millions of dollars. It's a big website. He does pretty well on the website. Again, I don't know why he gives a fuck about me. It kind of makes me start to think, like, is he not making any money? Like, why does he give a shit about anything that I say? When you're running it out at 2% margin, any small hit in the customer base will... uh, you will see negative impact. Good for that. big problems. I tell you what, I can't wait till there's a downturn Ooh. in the economy and there's a downturn yeah. in the show. Yeah. Holy shit, I will be lighting you guys up like a fucking Christmas tree. You guys better hope that things stay well. Because it doesn't matter if the show's doing well or if it's not doing well, I'm still going to come. And if it's not doing well, mm. oh boy. Oh boy. I might have to go to those ones. <laughs> Those are the, I thought this is that, I thought 2018, that's where we'd be because it was kind of getting to where it was like crickets convention. There wasn't that many people. Dealers were kind of complaining and all this, the kind of shit. And then I don't know what happened. It fucking, well, you the know, economy got, the, the economy got, well, got really well. amazing. Went from 10 and 10% unemployment down to three. So that'll, well, we got, that'll help. We got Trump in office. Exactly. I think people really underestimate the, the tax cuts that happened. And if you're fucking too stupid to, uh, not take advantage of those exactly. tax cuts. I don't know what to fucking tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Turn off CNN, first of all. Turn, just turn off that fucking shit. Like, just turn it off. When you hear that the corporate tax rate, what was it, like 25 or 30? When it goes it from the 25 30s? down to 15, it's like down to 15% now or something. It's like 20 and I think, I mean, the effective tax rate is, is going to be single digits for most companies. Guys, they're... The, the, when they do that, the government is giving away money. So just turn yeah. off CNN. Just stop complaining and go get that money. Fuck. Are you going to get as much as Warren Buffett or Jeff Bezos? Probably not. But no. could you scoop up a little bit? Absolutely. You do like making money, don't you? And if you do, yeah. the yes. money's out there. And you can still keep your job. It's not like quitting your job and starting some business. Start a side business so oh, that God. at least you can reduce some of your tax exposure that you're probably paying out the fucking yin-yang right now. Right. Again, you can go from 25 down to 15. I don't know about you. That sounds fucking pretty good. When I'm you know, selling tickets and shit and sometimes I can get uh, discount coupons on StubHub and shit and I'm buying a bunch of tickets, boy, be sure is nice if I could save another 5 or 10 or 15%. So, guys – when you're ponying up your tax bill, either every week or every month or every year, maybe you can save some money. And, and Donald Trump is a big reason why that happened. You wouldn't have that tax cut if fucking uh, Clinton got elected. Oh God! You wouldn't have that tax cut. No way you would have. You probably, probably your stock market would be. Mm, Lord knows where that would be. Way lower. Right now. Way lower. Lord knows where that would be right now. And what's coming, guys? And what's coming? Here's a little prediction. Getting a little off topic here. What's coming is the student loan bailout. That's on tap. We're all going to be paying for motherfuckers who have student loans. So I, I CNN's, CNN's 
I hate the the I watch a little bit of news today and they were like, oh, these Trump supporters are yelling this, yelling that. They can yell whatever they want. Usually when you stick a camera in somebody's face, <laughs> they get a little crazy. Like Tom Pitt. <laughs> Go, I'm, I'm literally looking at the Brown Stadium. I'm literally like looking at it. Go to when there's a Browns game and put a camera in somebody's face. They kind of go wild. And that's kind of those Trump rallies. He kind of gins oh, yeah. them up and it's exciting. All his support. You know, it's like a it's like a team. Everybody's in, in the in the room. Everybody's pumped up. Build the wall. Lock her up. Blah, 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 blah. Of course, they're going to turn to the media and be like, fuck you guys. It doesn't mean that when you have a one on one conversation with these people that these aren't decent, hardworking people, which by and large, I bet they probably are. For sure. Like this, this stuff. And they literally it was being shown on MSNBC because I don't watch CNN anymore because I actually have kind of seen the way they do kind of try to manipulate uh, the news and let's let's make no mistake about it. When Trump, either if it's 2020 or 2024, when he leaves, these media companies are probably all going to go broke. New York Times will go broke. Washington Post is subsidized by Bezos from Amazon, so they'll probably be fine. CNN will lose viewership. Uh, MSNBC will use lose viewership. Fox News will probably be fine because there'll probably be a Democrat in the office. And so then they, they can kind of gin up the, oh, wow, we've got to stop this socialist Democrat in the office. All these media people are going to lose all this money. There's going to be all these news jobs just drop off the face of the planet because nobody's going to give a fuck anymore. So don't get played by by the media. They're they're keeping this 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 kind of myth going that there's this national fucking tragedy going on. Like when, if you think there's a national fucking tragedy going on, you you've got an opportunity to vote in November. You got an opportunity to vote in 2020. And you have an uh, opportunity to scoop money bags off the ground in the meantime. Oh my God! He cut the corporate rate from 25 to 15. Just shut the fuck up. Take that money, and then if you want to vote them out, I don't care. It doesn't matter. People are going to be buried under snow on November 6th or whenever it is. Nobody, half the country is going to go vote. Most of you motherfuckers are too lazy anyways. Most of you motherfuckers are just going to – whatever CNN tells you or whatever Fox News tells you, that's what you're going to fucking believe. So there's our political side rant. I'm just like – I'm really – I'm interested in it, but people can't like – people either have to – I just hate it how you either have to be on the Lakers or the Kings. You either have to root for the Kings at all times or you have to root for the Lakers at all times. It's like, no, it doesn't really have to be that way. I don't necessarily like what Trump ha- says at all. And I think you should stop talking about Russia. If I were him, I'd be like, dude, just shut up about Russia. Just Nobody cares about it. So why don't you just stop caring about it? I don't like some of the things he says, but I sure as hell like when he cuts the corporate rate, which I'm paying at from 25 down to 15. Sounds good to me, guys. Guess what? Here's another thing. A little perspective. If you go on Netflix right now, you could watch the fucking Vietnam War documentary. Holy fucking shit. With a little just blink of an eye in history, we could have been a flashback to 30 years. We could all – we'd literally – instead of – if this was fucking uh, 40 years ago, instead of doing this podcast right now in 1968, we'd be fucking going in in Nam right now. Literally, me and you would be in Nam. So people need to have a little perspective. The democracy's not fucking fading away here. Like we, literally 40 years ago, we'd be in fucking Nam and probably be getting killed. So we're lucky to be on this. 
just make the government as small as possible and let us keep all the money, period. You can buy your own health care. You can buy your own insurance. The cities, the states can take care of the roads. Let's take care of our women well, and our children and our elderly, and let's go from there. Here's a deal. Here's a deal. You kind of started this point by saying the, the great a student loan bailout is coming. Before we're going to get to uh, letting everybody keep their money, uh, there's going to be some more pain along the way. So, the, the, you know, whether it happens during Trump's terms or not, I, 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 I'm not, not uh, there's nobody that can predict that. But what is for sure is more bailouts, which often are preceded by large bankruptcies, large disruption in industry that tends to spread a lot of fear and contagion, often through the stock market, and then it ripples down uh, into the rest of the economy. Right now, things are great. Corporate rates low. Trump's trying to give everybody uh, that pays taxes uh, a break. Trying to get people off welfare. Trying to get uh, these illegal immigrants out of here. Things are good. But year to year, things can, uh, things can change. And uh, as I think uh, a famous investor states, we'll, we'll know who's swimming naked at the National once that tide rolls out. Once that tide rolls out of the economy, we'll see who's stepping up at their booth or not extending their hand for a handshake at that point. Right, and I, I mean, that could just be total... Ca- at that point, those guys are fighting for their jobs and their meals. For so sure. So they, they might not only if, extend a hand... If they they're not in a meal. good mood right now, like, when the fuck are you going to be in a good mood? Like... I understand you guys are are crating up and and loading up and it's a it's you're probably front loading a huge amount of expenses and you, you may or may not see it back in any large kind of return but when the fuck are you going to be in a good mood like you know if you're not shaking people's hands if you're bitter about you know s- something that you were responsible your website getting hacked and you're getting free promotion on top of that now you're getting free promotion Got to take a little bit of the good with the bad. Can't just have your dick sucked 24 hours a day. God knows there's nobody in the hobby having that happen. I think think that's what's expected a lot of times. It's just the constant dick sucking 24-7. It's not going to happen over here. In part because we're in our 10th year. It's like a 10-year marriage or it's like a 10-year-old or it's like a 10-year-old car. There's going to be good days and bad days. And we're the only podcast, I'd say, that probably uh, tries to reflect that. Even as we're in the midst of the the biggest card show of the year, the economy is as big and booming probably as much as I remember in my lifetime. But you got to remember that it it hasn't always been this way, and it definitely won't always be this way. So some of you guys that aren't extending your hand, that used to offer gas money. God, this guy used to have a booth. Didn't What's-His-Name-Have-A-Booth and have uh, he was the official oh, yeah. media partner or something? He was a sponsor. Yep. He brought, like, what? How many people in polo shirts did he have there? Um, 
I mean, this so back in so back maybe like we're talking about Michael Smith cardboard connection. Ex, right, I think we can comfortably Smith. say ex CEO at this point, former Correct. CEO with not one but ten felonies, so, ten uh, felonies charged, charged to him in, ten in less than a year. Ten felonies. I mean, he would come. Yeah, I mean, they would have those radio guys. So I, now I don't. I don't think Mike Smith has ever personally come to the national. His big oh, okay. thing was the was the Las Vegas summit or whatever it okay. was called. He would roll like eight deep and he'd get, you know, quote advertisers and he thought you know, he thought he invented everything. So he thought he invented that too. Right. So he rolled like yeah, six or seven deep. He was corporate sponsor of that, but he was corporate he was corporate sponsor of the national though. They were they they were corporate sponsor of that. And then the year he got arrested, he had a table, but it was empty the whole time because he you know he had the five felonies <laughs> that preceded the other five uh, felonies. So, so here's a lesson yeah. for you, everybody out there. Just a real quick lesson: two different we- a study of two websites, Cardboard Connection hired a bunch of people, went to the national, bought booths, sponsored the thing, did all this shit. And l- let me remind you. That when Ryan says he spent six months in Vegas, not the outskirts of Las Vegas, not in Henderson, not in some shithole downtown property. It was on the Las Vegas motherfucking strip, center strip, newest property. And when I say I spent seven days in Pebble Beach, it wasn't at the... Airbnb that's four miles from the beach. Wasn't at the Super 8. The hotels there suck. I mean, there's a reason why I stayed at Pebble Beach. And did I have a fairway room? Did I have a view that looked out into like a little pergola and you could see like the fourth green? No, guys. It's the 18th hole of Pebble Beach. The 18th green. Boom. Right there. House right next door to me was for sale. I think it sold for $32 million. So that just lets you know. We never hired nobody. We never sponsored no booth. We never got no booth. Instead of t- taking money that we were earning from a website and putting it back into a website, the only money we put back into it was a $5 hosting plan. <laughs> Eventually we had to go up to, I think it was about $90. And I remember that was a that was a stretch. I didn't even want to do that. Five dollars sounded a lot better than ninety. Took every last red cent out of the business because you don't need any money to run a fucking website. This is why Silicon Valley's booming. You don't need that many fucking people to run a website. You don't need to buy booths. You pull the money out and you put it in the stock market. And then 10 years goes by, you keep your record clean, and you have a little amount of money on the side. Michael Smith, what does he have? Nothing. Fuck you. (laughs) 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 Got him. But just a little lesson out there for you guys. You do like making money, don't you? And if you want to make money in this hobby, it actually really isn't that hard. If you want to make money in any pretty much hobby or business, it's really not that hard. 
but spending money on booths and ad- and that kind of advertising and promotion and employees. Good God, we have like one employee that speaks English, but it's not, I mean, like, I think he's only like 18 or 19 years old, so he's not that old. Not American. And he puts up all this shit. Okay. <laughs> all month for like what it costs to hire an American employee for like four days. Oh, plus your payroll tax. Yeah. Don't forget them, though, like one day. So this whole podcast, I think, yeah, has been kind of a warning shot. That if you do want the full fire and fury of what Sports Card Radio has to offer. And it goes both ways. Look, it goes both ways. Again, you brought up earlier, check out my cards. Right. When when we're If we're on here, we're bashing you, we're putting up ads, bashing you, it's going to have a problem for you. But it, if you respect what's going on here at the show... Check out my cards is not the only business uh, to benefit. In fact, it might, might not even be the number one business, and it's not a card company. But there, there are businesses in this hobby that have benefited greatly from the website, the podcast, and even my own personal business. But if you disrespect yeah. us, you're going to have problems, big problems. And those have been laid out over the year. Look what happened to Mark Sapir. Mm. Look what happened to Josh Cade. Mm. Look what happened to Michael Alexander Smith. Mm. Look what happened, and, and this is why he got so mad. Look what happened to Tom Fish. I blew his ass up on a fucking – it ended up being the fourth most popular piece of content on, on the entire site for the last couple of years. His blowout cards hacked. He's seen it. He commented on the article. And, guys, here's another little tip for you. If you block or mute or, or mute me on social media, mm. I can still target your followers with ads. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you block and mute and say, oh, no, he's gone. I don't care if you follow me or read anything. It's your customers. So I can target you and people that follow you. The Cardboard Connection ads that I put up, I put I targeted those to people who followed Cardboard Connection. So people who followed Cardboard Connection saw my ad about Mike Smith, the CEO, getting 10 felonies. So people who followed (laughs) Blowout Cards, and again, you don't have to follow me. You can block me. You can mute me. You can email Twitter. You can report me. None of that matters because I'm paying Twitter and you're not. (laughs) There's another lesson for you guys. If you want followers, if you want fucking clicks, maybe you should learn how to use the tool that you're on. You don't think that I pick up followers and things because Twitter knows that I pay them money? And so when they send recommendations of people you should follow, maybe they would recommend somebody that's paying them. Hold on. But these guys can't even run a secure website, which is really not that hard. You just got to pay a little bit of money. These guys can't even do that. It's almost like, you know, graduate degree to run an ad on Twitter, I think, some of these guys. Oh, yeah. These guys wouldn't have a clue. They blow too much money. They spend like 20 cents a click. Literally, you could get it down to one cent. I think I turned my – 
after fish dissed me, dissed me, I literally went to Twitter and just turned my ads up to, to like five cents a click or something, which is huge, which is what you're going to get quite. If you see that ad tomorrow, if you're on Twitter and you see that ad tomorrow, you know exactly why. <laughs> and actually, here's the thing. Not not if you see it tomorrow. If you see it six months from now, this happened a year and a half ago. I don't forget. And I don't care. I just leave it up. Guys, I spent six months in Vegas, didn't have a job, didn't have a reason to be there. And again, as was said, I don't really like tooting my own horn, but I wasn't off strip, guys. I was in the (laughs) fucking prime time tower. I could see the T-Mobile arena, which had the fucking Stanley Cup hockey team playing there every night for 150 bucks a ticket. I, uh, who did I see the other night when I was there? Oh, yeah, that's right. I saw LeBron James. That's right. <laughs> who, who was shopping over at Crystal's one day when I'm kind of strolling through, making my way over? To, oh, that's Floyd Mayweather over there. You, you don't... You don't think LeBron's got money? You think LeBron would be hanging out, quote, off strip or at a fucking uh, – you think LeBron would hang out at a four-star property? Ask yourself that. Ask yourself that. I don't know how far we into this podcast. Would LeBron James – He did spend, what, 10 years in Cleveland? So, Oh, that's a good – that's a very fair point. But when you are traveling – to an establishment. That's this is his home. We're, we're going to cut him some slack. But when you're, he, he does own two homes in Brentwood. When you do head over to Las Vegas, Mister James is not going to be at a four star establishment. Mister mm. James is going to be at a five star establishment, and that's where I stayed, and that's where to this day I can use the amenities at the Aria Hotel and Casino. Because I have an M-Life residency card. Guys, to reiterate, Colin spent seven days not in Pebble Beach on the 18th motherfucking hole. I spent six months in Vegas, didn't have a job, didn't have a reason to be there. At any moment that we want to, we can take a click or two down on our lifestyle. I know you've got some kids and some cars to pay for. I can certainly take a click or two down on my lifestyle. Don't take the fucking girl to the $300 steakhouse. Maybe take her to fucking Shake Shack once or twice. I could take a click or two down on my lifestyle and happily blow you fuckers up across all the social media platforms as hard as much (laughs) and with the full fire and fury (laughs) associated with sports card fucking radio. So Tom fish, eat a dick guy at tops, eat a dick. Mike Smith, eat a fucking dick. And Oh yeah. Josh Cade. Wow. Wow. Mm. Wow. I hope you haven't gotten kicked off Uber yet because apparently (laughs) that's the only way that motherfucker can earn a living. Again, I'm not done. You guys want to step up to my face and act all tough, and I've lost 40 pounds, so I'm not as big as you guys. You guys are fucking fat, overweight guys. You guys could literally just sit on me, and I'd be crushed. I'm not stupid. 
I don't take things to the streets. I was, you guys are all born in the fucking mistakes by the lakes, the fucking Buffalo snow covered New York, the fucking nobody even knows where West Virginia is. Guys, I was born in California. Go around the world and say the word California. And you will be known and recognized worldwide. Say Buffalo, New York. Say West Virginia. Nobody's going to know where the fuck that is. Nobody's going to have any aspirations to be there. Especially LeBron. (laughs) You guys are too far away to recognize the power that the internet has. It, it might have, if you listen to some people, helped elect a president of the United States through social media advertising. Do I ever see a blowout cards ad? Do I ever see a cardboard connection ad? Do I ever see any of you motherfuckers who are, spend way too much time on social media? Do I ever see you guys yeah. advertising any of your content? Stop giving away $400 boxes. One time Panini gave me a box. And I opened it up and had a $4,000 card in it. You know what I did with it? I sold it and I gave half the money to Colin. <laughs> I was in Vegas. <laughs> I remember I was like, oh, there, there, I think, what, we got 1500 each or something or 1750 yeah, after fees. Yeah, it was like $1,800. It was a ton of money. After for fees, For one yeah. card, a free box. I didn't do no fucking stupid contest. If I want people to come to my website, first of all, I want them, want them to probably be buying cards, not be fucking freeloaders. <laughs> Second of all, I want to probably have them hooked into some kind of interesting contest, either a checklist, either uh, uh, an update on Cardboard Connection, either an update on Blowout Card's website getting hacked, Topps' website getting hacked. That's stuff people click on. Freeloaders click on contest. Freeloaders. It, probably... I mean, think about the last time you're probably listening to this show. Maybe you're a contest person. Maybe you're not. Think about the last time you've entered a, a card contest. Nobody enters those. Nobody. If it's a car, maybe it's to win a house. Maybe it's to win season tickets. Maybe it's to win a trip to the national. Fuck yeah, sign me up for that. I think I won some uh, vape uh, free marijuana from the vape uh, from the marijuana dispensary in Las Vegas. Fuck yeah, I was glad I signed up for that contest. But. If you want to drive traffic to your website, if you really want to make your name in the world, and if maybe if you're somebody who buys Cardboard Connection, maybe if you're somebody who's trying to compete with Cardboard Connection, maybe if you're trying to compete with blowout cards, maybe if you're even trying to compete with somebody like Tops, the way you're going to do that is social media advertising. Target your competitors' followers. Target the, – the, the community is really small online. You can reach these people with very, very few dollars, less than a dollar a day. You can get, you know, you're, you're literally paying like one or two cents a click. So if you're paying a dollar a day, you literally could get maybe 50 clicks for $1 on your website to your advertisement, to whatever you're promoting. And this can be done. And this is something Colin and I could do. This is something Colin and I do with other websites. It's unfortunate that cards isn't, at least from an internet perspective and an advertising perspective, and, and Cardboard Connection is an example that says it looks like they have seen this problem. You can't generate a lot of revenue anymore having a, a sports card re- site. You sure as hell can't have an, a, a, another different types of sites, though. 
Oh, God. And that's something that, you know, we've moved on to. But, again, any time that I, instead of the six-month tour in Vegas, I want to ratchet it down to five, I can. I spent thousands of dollars per month in thousands in Vegas. If I just want to dial that down for a sec and spend a little more on Twitter ads, I can't. And I will. Hey, is it safe to say that I remember maybe a couple years ago, it was more of our heat was going out some of these breakers. Have they like calmed down a little bit? Have they uh, realized that maybe uh, saw what happened to Josh Cade and took a step back and took a breath? Uh, is it that they're not making as much money? They're too busy working? It seems to me that the heat isn't <laughs> between this, the, the level of hostility between this podcast and quote unquote breakers has dialed it back uh really seemed to have peaked with the josh cade and now we're at like historic lows in terms of hostility i was wondering if you had any comments on that well i think this ties back actually into the theme of our whole show a lot of these breakers and even ones that we've blown up on the show literally have come up and introduced themselves to me at the tops of VIP, excuse me, I had to cough a little bit, at the tops of VIP party or at the national or or one of these things. These guys have come up to me and said, and and literally in one case, the guy was like, hey, you blew my ass up, but I was like, damn, this is is good content. Like, no wonder people listen to this. (laughs) So these guys, I think, have, they may not like what we say a lot of times, but I think they have a respect for it. At least the ones I've talked to, I can't speak for everybody, but at least uh, I've I've met quite a few of the quite a few group breakers. Not not uh, not not more than fifteen, but probably more than ten. And oftentimes these guys, they probably don't want to get blown up on the show, <laughs> granted, but they do have kind of a healthy respect for what the show is about, and and I think when we were having kind of our beef with. The, the group break or a little more beef with the group breakers. I think those guys were kind of first coming up and they were kind of trying to establish themselves and maybe they didn't know their place kind of in the world and in society. Maybe they popped off the mouth a, a, a little bit and, and somebody like Josh Cade certainly popped off way too much and way too quick and look where he is. But these group breakers who've kind of stuck with it, shown some respect because we were around before these uh, most, if not all, these group breakers. I mean, you were doing shows before the group break phenomenon. I think I had one in maybe 2011, I think. And then I remember interviewing God Mojo. Doug from Mojo emailed me several times to come on. So I could have had him on even earlier than I did. But I think I had him, even him on before people were really talking about it. So it was something that I was... I only did like a couple, I think, on the forums. I didn't have as much money back then, but I did a couple on the forums, and then it just kind of spread from there. Guys doing it for profit and stuff. So I never really had a problem with any of these guys. I can't. I think it was like the razzing that I had a problem with. I didn't want to see that. You know, I, I realize there are Facebook groups and kind of some other like places to find that, but these guys were like promoting this out in the in the right. as like. You know, having a concealed carry license and and walking around just brandishing your gun. I mean, that the it was just idiotic 
And it, it goes to show you a lot of these guys, again, like you said, are from the West Virginias, the Buffaloes, the Clevelands. Again, no offense to anybody. You know, I'm not from uh, Bel Air or, or Malibu or any of these really cool places in California. And I didn't really buy a home there because they cost uh, $2.5 million for something you have to put another million in to, to make it look nice. So it's it's not like I'm from uh, from uh, the Ritz-Carlton, Ritz but... It just seemed to me there was a lot of kind of this blissful ignorance when it came to things like razzing. Uh, and then, I, you know, I remember taking offense to it. And, and I think it kind of sprung from there. Some of these guys got a got a taste, of, you know, getting stuck into, you know, you don't want to get up in our, in our tornado. You really want to stay off to the <laughs> side and uh, let it go by. And then when the dust settles a little bit, come up and introduce yourself that's probably the best thing to do and hey look look at look at the success i I, again i'm not going to take credit for mojo breaks success but they are one of the few people that have been on the show more than once and i know for a fact in the early days many of his customers likely came from appearances and endorsements on this show again in its 10th year by far undisputed the longest running, the number one sports card show podcast in the country that makes zero dollars. <laughs> the, the most popular and the least profitable sports Absolutely. Card podcast on the air. I think there's, there's, oh, so there's actually, I guess there's some kind of podcasting roundtable or something. And okay. so, uh, and I think it said, I think the the advertisement for it was all your favorite hosts in one spot. And so I was thinking, this is like your least favorite host in one spot. <laughs> like we're, we're together. So we're like, you know, all they can go, your favorite host will be in one spot. I don't, I think that's on Friday or something. I don't know. I don't know where it is or how it's all going to go down, but Oh, and to, Oh, another thing that I wanted to say, I think I posted on Facebook. Oh, we didn't get invited to this and this, this, this. let me make one thing perfectly clear if i got invited to it i wouldn't have done it like i've been invited on other shows um if i don't know you and i don't know anybody actually at beckett i think that's putting it on or whatever if i don't know you um it i'll, I'll never go on another sports card show except uh the doug and dan they have one uh the mojo break pod like i would gladly go on theirs and then, uh, you know, a friend of the show, Shep, have you listened to that on YouTube? They do a live I've show. I've caught bits and pieces only because, again, I was in Pebble for a week. So You were in Pebble and for a week. And then, I, you know, nice coming show. back, I had to catch up on work. So he I really haven't had time. He does a nice, uh, they do a nice job. They do a nice job. Um, and so I would, I, would, I would say that I know those, those two people who run those podcasts. Everybody else I actually don't know. And so I would not go on somebody's podcast that I didn't know. And this actually dates back to Cardboard Connection. Cardboard Connection had me on their little radio show uh, before one of the nationals. And I swear to God, I swear to God, I, I'm, I get you know I get put on the show or whatever. And the guy, the host guy, he's like, he, he I don't know, he, he whatever, he introduces me, and then he says. He doesn't. He doesn't let me say anything. He's like, "Oh, now, now would be a great time to talk about our plans for the national." 
And he literally goes on for like 10 minutes about all these things are going to. So he brings me on the show and then he goes on like a 10 minute soliloquy about what they're going to do with the national literally. <laughs> and now that their podcasts are all deleted and all that stuff. So you can't go back and listen. But I remember ever since that happened, I was like, I'm never doing another one of these again. I was like, holy shit. I just got fucking like played or something like I got snowed and shit. And I think he, they laid out all, you know, they had all these interviews and they were going to, I think he asked me what I was going to do. And I was like, well, I, I think I'm going to go and just, you know, hang out, <laughs> you know, look at some fucking cards and just, you know, hang out. So I just, I, if I don't know you, I don't, I don't want to do your podcast. I wouldn't do your, oh, and an, the one uh, at the industry summit, I got asked to talk on a panel with Mike Smith, some guy from Beckett. Uh, another blogger and it was just literally mike smith up there just talking about how great he was and how he was going to conquer beckett and he invented this whole thing literally i wish that i wish some somebody would post that video of that idiot <laughs> back back in those days so i don't do the whole group thing because it's just it, you know whose ego is gonna you know shine through the most and and if i don't know you i don't have any rapport with you and i mean so i just want to make that clear we didn't get invited but even if we did I wouldn't have done it. So because we didn't get invited, I did kind of use it to our advantage. Be like, oh, we got slighted. I just want to make it clear that there was there's zero chance that I would have done any kind of round table. I'm high as fuck at these shows. Literally, I'm high as a fuck. And so when these fucking eight fucking men, these six foot five ape sweaty men get in my face, <laughs> why are you shooting a video? Yeah, why are you taking pics of me? Yeah, I'm just like high as fuck. And I'm like, guys, Jesus fucking Christ. First of all, I'm promoting you. You're getting in my fucking face, you dumb shit. Get out of my face. Watch what happens tomorrow. Watch what happens tomorrow. So if you're around the blowout cards booth uh, this this week and you hear some guy shout out, be like, hey, what happened to your hack? Hey, Tom, did you fix your hack website? You know exactly where that fucking came from. So there you go. We have to get to one. We have to get to one question. We, we got a text from a listener and I want to get to this because uh, it ties into a little bit. Maybe I I know on your last show, you, you, you kind of talked about this a little bit. Here's the question. He says 99% of my personal collection is, is my collection of Barry Larkin cards. I have about 800 unique cards and it gets harder to find Barry Larkin cards without breaking the bank. Um, So he kind of wants to know what, where do player collect? Where where do player collectors find their cards? What are some of the different sizes and scopes, you know, of of player collections? And I guess we can kind of touch into. I know I mentioned on on my show that I do about the Jose Canseco collector who recently clicked quit collecting. There was also another separate Jose Can. Jose Canseco collector who got divorced from his wife Ooh. because his his collection got oh. so. Um, packed or kind of big so here's a gentleman who has i assume he's a gentleman he's got 800 unique barry larkin cards and he's kind of maybe it sounds like he's kind of getting to the point where he's like uh boy to get to really add to this he's going to have to probably dip into those one-of-ones and spending more probably money um acquiring these cards what do you think what what advice would you give him uh for somebody or anybody really in this kind of scenario first thing i would say is you, you know, you're going to wake up tomorrow and the next day and the year after that, hopefully, God willing, whether you've got that one-on-one Barry Larkin, whether you've got 10 more, whether you've got the special ones or the hard-to-find ones, 
life's going to go on. <laughs> and there's, you know, if you take a step back from it all and look at what you've accomplished, acqu- acquiring 800 different cards, that's a huge accomplishment. It's kind of like a, a someone that starts and plays golf and they get down to a, a four handicap or a three handicap and they're shooting in the 70s every day. Are they going to go play on the PGA Tour? Absolutely not. But did they, uh, you know, achieve something uh, really great, something that, you know, 99% of the people out there don't get to achieve? So getting that many cards, that, that takes a huge amount of dedication, huge amount of patience, and money, obviously. But really patience and, and time. And so I would just, va- you know, look back and value that, too. Say, man, it was fun watching, you know, however you tried to acquire the cards, whether it was on eBay or, or trades or, or at, at shows or what, whatever it is. That there's pro- Even if you're just buying this stuff on eBay, there are memories, you know, as strange as that is to say, there are memories to be made buying cards on eBay, getting, you know, getting them in the mail and All right. maybe sending them off and get grading them or, or, you know, after you get them, put them in, in, in the kind of holders you like or whatever. So I would just enjoy that, you know, that, that, you know, you've accomplished this, you've got this many cards. It's okay to sit back and take a breath and, and not always have your next move lined up either too. It's kind of like somebody that's like in between jobs. Maybe you've had the same kind of series of jobs. It's okay to take, you know, after you decide you don't want to work somewhere or you get laid off, whatever it is, take a breath. Figure out what you want to do. Or as we know, we have a buddy. He goes from girl to girl to girl to girl to girl. And it's like, maybe if you took a breath or two, you wouldn't be broke, number one. Maybe you'd be able to pay for Vegas. But it's okay to take a break. Take a breath. The other thing I could see is pivoting. You know, if you kind of conquered cards, he's got to have game use stuff out there. I know it's not as has it's probably harder to authenticate and track down than current day players, but I'm sure there are a little bit more for me it's like memorabilia displays. You know, I don't know I can see how wives really don't like the cards. If you have all these cards that are literally sitting in like two dollar boxes. Like literally People spend hundreds and thousands of dollars on cards and then they put them in a $2 box. That, it doesn't look good on the shelf. Doesn't look good in the living room, the bedroom, the closet. It doesn't look good anywhere. But a jersey on the wall, that's passable. I've got a freaking Trump original artist painting, uh, like a drawing in my living room, okay? Wow. It is very, very well done. Extraordinarily well done. Um, it's, it's moving to the office, but it just goes to show you if that was some Trump baseball cards or, you know, something out like a make America great again hat, not really that possible in a living room setting, but you know, that, that's what I would, would think, you know, after you've kind of gotten to maybe a certain level of cards and with someone like Barry Larkin, it's, he's not playing anymore. The card companies don't do that. I mean, there's certain legends, that get a lot of cards made of them. Uh, I don't know if Barry Larkin's one of them, but he's not a guy that I often see popping, you know, people 
brag about pulling. I don't, I don't recall seeing a whole lot of his cards, so I can understand, you know, there's a certain edge where you get, and, and then I don't think you want to go over that edge. And I think the collectors that we've seen quit or had marital problems or, or whatever it is, they go over the edge. You just don't want to do that. And always, there, there's always time to look back. Um, maybe, you, you, you know, uh, what I would do too is set some very clear and concise goals. I think people get themselves into this situation because they don't have a plan. They just start buying and buying and buying. Have a plan. Say, I'm going to spend X amount. I want this many cards. I want this, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I don't. I don't necessarily see, you know, I see these guys on Twitter and elsewhere. It's like, I want to collect every Jeter card or I want to have a million cards. It's like, I don't, that, that's a dream. That's a wish. Okay. I want to own every Barry Larkin card. That's a dream. That's a wish. A plan is I'm going to spend this much. I'm going to look on eBay. I'm going to go to this card show in October. I'm going to go Barry Larkin signing over here. I know this guy that has a bunch of Barry Larkin cards. I'm going to contact him. I'm going to be on check on my cards. I'm going to be on you know Facebook and stuff, putting up ads and wanted signs. That's a plan. I want to be the number one Jose Canseco collector. That's a dream. That's a wish. So I think if you, you know, if you get to this point, start defining goals and setting boundaries or limits. This, I want to be the number one collector. I want to be the, the biggest collector. That, you know, that's great when, you, when you're, t you're eight years old and you're like, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a, you know, nobody says I want to be a podcaster and. You know, stuff like that, okay? When you're eight. I want to be a ticket scalper. Exactly. <laughs> so set some boundaries, set some goals. For me, obviously, I didn't need to have the most prestigious job. But there was certain levels of, of money and, and time spent that I wanted. And with collecting, do I have to draw the line with stuff? Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, at this point. I can't go buy three Mercedes. I can't buy three Rolexes. So you set some boundaries. You set some limits. Can't just go drop, you know, you know wherever you're at, whether it's a $100 card or a $1,000 card or a $10,000 card. You got to set some limits. You got to stop yourself every once in a while. Set some goals. Set some. One thing that I would do, this is not necessarily for this collector, but just in general, is Set some uh, achievements. Maybe it's weight loss. Maybe it's uh, getting an education, getting a new job, making some more money, um, you know, spending more time with your family, whatever it is. Whatever you want to do more of or achieve, say, hey, I weigh 190 pounds. Now, when I get down to 170, I get to do that. I get to buy this card or I get to go spend this much on cards or I get to whatever. That, I think, would be a far more positive um, motivation and, in turn, limits you to going kind of nutso and crazy and, and also getting stuck. When you don't know what to collect, say, hey, I'm going to lose 20 pounds before I get to decide. And after a while, you might really want to lose that weight. 
so you can start collecting again or getting a new job or making some new money or starting a new business or cleaning your, you know, painting your house or painting your, uh, staining your patio, whatever it is. That's what I would say. Take a step back from the cards. Look at your life. Look, look at what you've accomplished in your collection and be proud of it and know that you don't necessarily just have to go over that edge and get every card and get go crazy because that's when I think we see we see guys quit and we see maybe it, it hurts other parts of, parts of people's lives and that's not what we want card collecting to be. I know we're on here saying f you f this, but you know we're, we're it's it's a little bit like Levar Ball. It's like uh, yeah, you know I can't think of a lot of athletes that kind of implement this probably more should but um you know we're just kind of trying to ruffle some feathers but entertain you at the same time that's a little wwe-ish that's a little wrestling yeah that kind of showmanship kind of grab the microphone and start talking yeah and i mean we've got four or five other podcasts going right now which are basically they'll get a sell sheet and read it to you on the air or or you know Basically, try to get you to go over that edge. And we're not trying to let you do that on the Sports Card Show podcast because we've been around 10 years and we want to be around another 10 years and have you listening along with us. Ryan, what else is going on in beautiful Cleveland? Well, uh, not a whole lot. I mean, apparently this place was a more of a shithole several years ago. Apparently the word that I've gotten from several uber drivers is that this place was more of a shithole many years ago and you know we're making fun of it we're calling the mistake on the lake i've met some people that 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 they genuinely seem they like they like it here and if you like it here i think that's awesome if you are a younger person if you are from uh, it doesn't have to be the mistake on the lake it could be anywhere that's a little more uh, i don't know how to describe it a little more rural a little more midwest a little more east coast whatever you want to call it if you're one of those people you can get out you can make that decision on your own. You don't have to listen to your friends or your family or anything like that. If you want to get out of the environment you're in, and if you grew up by the mistake on the lake, mm. one of my best advice to you would just go spend some time somewhere else. Preferably, I would recommend on the West Coast, whether that's California, whether or that's... Or take your talents uh, to South Beach. <laughs> or take you all. Well, that's not a bad idea either. Take your talents, especially if you're younger and maybe you're si- especially if you're single and you have no obligations. Take your talents to somewhere with a little pop and entertainment. Get out of this uh, the mistake on the lake, Ooh. Buffalo, New York, West Virginia. I mean, we've seen these people from there are really uptight, really angry. I'm mean, Tom Fish is an angry guy. Where was Josh Cade from? Uh, Dallas, Texas. Texas or I don't know if it was the Dallas. Angry but guy. I think it was like a, I think it was like a smaller. Like a, I thought it was like Alabama. I thought he was like from. No, Alabama. he was. I think he was from Texas. I'm. I'm almost for sure. He, maybe he was from Alabama, but I'm. I'm almost dead certain he lived in Texas. Yeah, he did live in Texas. I just didn't know where he was from. I'm not like sure where he's from. Where he was from originally. I thought he played. He did play college football. He was a huge motherfucker. I mean, literally, he was probably the the only guy besides Tom. I thought Tom Fish wanted to fight me today. <laughs> and you can go watch. I was. I was. He's like. He's like sup. He's like, sup, can I help you?
What do you want me to do? So he'll pay for that. He'll pay for that. It won't be online. I mean, it will be online because I'll, I'll keep running the ad for another two years. I mean, I'll never take that ad down. Ever. Why? It's great content. <laughs> it's like, can you run Can you run the 2012 Tops football checklist anymore? No. no, of course not. Can you run the blowout got hacked story and keep rerunning it over long. and over and over? All day it's long. It's like a fucking Christmas movie. It just keeps coming back in style. <laughs> I love that type of content. So, of course, that shit's going to get get. Same with the cardboard guy, too. Right. That's hard. He's got 10 felonies. I mean, it's it's hard to put down. Now, now when the site ownership changes or things move, you know, we could we could move on to a new story. But until that time, until he's fully out the door, I mean, that content's staying up. (laughs) Or somebody sends me that gas money. I'll take it down for some gas money. I will take it down for some gas money. I'll I'll take I'll take down some blowout tweets for a, a case of whatever national treasures. Guys, we can be bribed. We can be bought. There are some people we won't name them. There are some people who cut us a check. There are some people who cut us a check. There are competitors to blow out sports cards out there. Maybe I'm blowing them up because I'm getting a check. There are competitors to cardboard connection out there. Maybe I'm blowing them up. Cause I'm getting a check. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. I, I will tell you, I want, I won't tell you if I am or I'm not, but I will tell you that we do get a check. We do get checks <laughs> and they, they cash and they've been cashing for several years now. So we get che- checks guys. And at any moment, Hey, if you, this this is a solicitation, guy. This is a rare solicitation on the Sports Card News podcast, Sports Card Radio podcast. Uh, hey, DA Card World, if, if you want to throw some checks our way to 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 keep backstabbing a competitor, if you want to ratchet up the heat on your competitor, one hundred one West Fifth Street, uh, number twenty twenty Tempe, Arizona eight five two eight one. Just send it right there, guys. Done. Uh, uh, if if you're a competitor to Cardboard Connection and you, you send us a check, if you're a competitor to Tops. Send us a check. One of the actually one of the most popular pieces of content on the Sports Card Radio website has Panini America fraudulent mistakes and all the boo boos they've had. And Dak Prescott auto pen. You know the free boxes at Panini they stopped. You know <laughs> when we stopped getting the gold Kyrie four thousand dollar cards, boy. Memory's short. <laughs> uh, memory's real short. I bet if those boxes kept coming, you think I would have written an article? Hmm. Wow. Think about that. A little, little thought process, little thought bubble for you guys out there. You got anything else to say to these motherfuckers, Colin? Uh, not, not really. You know, I mean, I haven't getting, I haven't gotten wound up about this stuff for probably over a year now, only because. You know, I got other things going on, but I could get fired up about it. You know, I'm, I'm actually, when these fuckers get in your face or they don't take a handshake. Oh God. And you spend $10,000 getting into their fucking quote VIP party. Right. See, I don't go to any of this stuff. So I've never, that probably keeps it. You know, if any of these guys said anything to my face, that would be, that would be a huge mistake. Um, 
So, I mean, that's kind of why maybe I don't put myself in that situation either because I don't want these guys, I don't want that to happen to these guys because we saw there literally like there's been one guy that's got in my face and then came on the show and then, you know, a year later he's Uber driving. So, he's gone. He's literally out of the hobby, gone. I've seen some stuff. I don't know. He st- I think he does some grading for Beckett, basically. He does. He runs cards. When I say Uber driver, he's an Uber driver for Beckett. Right. He goes and picks up. People send him cards, and I don't know. He gets 25 cents if he submits a card to Beckett. Sounds like a real lucrative operation. Sounds like his wife has a job, and he has a full-time job himself. So Yeah. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little side thing. Um, but, yeah, his card world TV didn't take off, and I think his breaking career was pretty much Well, and everybody hates up. him. That's the thing, too, is everybody hates him. So that was one of the reasons why we probably did get, gain some respect in the Breaker community, because the, that was the one thing. The Breakers hated, hated him uh, more than us, probably. Everybody hated that guy. He was a little bit like Mike Smith. Exactly. Like, everybody hated him, but everybody was too scared to say anything about it. Whereas we're, we don't give a fuck. I'll blow your ass up. I'll run Twitter ads. And yeah, if you get in my face at the national, I'm not dumb enough to fight a fucking six foot four, eight hundred pound guy. But I'll make sure that you're buried out of the hobby with any kind of relevancy. All you are is an Uber driver for Beckett because of where you live. You certainly haven't been at the national since since you you know tried to fight me. So and hmm. since you've been on the 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 show the. Sports card again. Anybody can go listen to that, and uh, you know it just speaks. It literally speaks for itself. And what type of person and what type of intelligence level, you know? Again, this is actually speaking really honestly. Just what type of person and what type of intelligence level you're dealing with with somebody like Card Father, somebody who call himself Card Father X, Josh Cater, whatever the fuck his name is. I mean, he's literally a nobody, a nothing. I've said, hey, come on. The, his best way to make money would be to do a reunion show where we charge like is. 99 cents. I've had multiple people say they pay 99 cents for it. Now, Done. I made that promise several years ago. Now it's probably to get me to do it would take more. Like, because. Well, he would probably have to do like an upfront fee, like kind of a fucking, right. you know, up, like an appearance. To rebuild his reputation. I mean, this is doing a lot more for him than it is for exactly. you. So for him to get, be put back into the show, he might have to dig deep and pull out a couple slabs or, you know, a nickel or two. to. Now, to one guy. Again, guys, we can be bought. We can we be could, bought. Hey, and people who have bought look, there is one guy that seems to be. Uh, now, I will say he's not sending checks over, but he did. I think he had me blocked on Twitter. I'm not sure, but I think he did. And now I'm seeing his feed and the cards that they often post on there. Which I am entertained by. Uh, Brian Gray from Leaf appears to have at least trying to, ex- I don't know if he's trying to extend an olive branch, but definitely not as angry. And we blew him up pretty good. I mean, that's probably the last guy yeah. we blew up. And I don't know if we, yeah, I think I did Facebook. I did some Facebook ads. I mean, again, only like, you know, 25, 50 bucks. That's all you really can spend. I mean, it's not, it's not weight loss or like dieting or wrinkle creams or anything like that. So, or beanie babies. I mean, oh God, yeah. Real. It's not beanie babies. Yeah. Or comic Honestly. books or something. So, 
But I have, you know, I think if if you're out there in the community, look how Brian Gray handled it. He he got barbecued. I think he, he may have taken a step back too and kind of realized the hypocrisy of what he was trying to proclaim. And we called him out on it. But if you buy Leaf stuff, that's fine with my me. Do you buy Leaf cards? That's I would fine happily promote him. I would happily do a video of his booth. I would happily be like, here's a Leaf product. Here's a nice Leaf card. Here's here's what he's doing at the show. Here's what they're doing at the show. Here's what they're offering or whatever. Like, it, it, If you mess up, you're going to get called out on it. But if you do good things... You're gonna you're gonna get patted on the back. A good example of that is Upper Deck. I mean, they they they've had some historic fuck ups in the last hmm. uh, since we've been doing the show, uh, having the website, and, and you've been doing the show. They've had some absolutely historic fuck ups. They've lost just about every single license you could get, but they've done some good things. They have Upper Deck EPAC. Uh, they've partnered with Check on My Cards. They're the only card company to partner with Check on My Cards. And to be perfectly honest. Uh, a couple of their employees are some of the few that reach out to me that personally reach out to me with no prompting, with no responding to something I said, it's just, Hey, how you doing? I just kind of want to check in. Here's this, we're doing these things over here. We've got this coming up personally reach out to me. Not a, not a, not a blanket email or a form email or an email to all these different media people personally reach out to me. You know, those a, a couple people at Upper Deck do that. And so it's just little things. And we've blown them up in the past. We've got content on Sports Card Radio that blows up Upper Deck that puts them in a negative oh, the one guy, The one guy called us, or I, called, I think he called my cell phone and left a voicemail like, oh, something like, we, I, can't, I can't even remember what the content was, but he was like, We've contacted our legal we're team. Sue you, yeah. yeah, we're gonna tell her take the content down. And I like all I did was play it at the beginning of a show, and basically was like, right. "Fuck you! I ain't taking shit down, bitch." We're not taking shit down. We're never taking shit down ever. Period. Point yeah. blank. Period. Nothing's ever getting fucking taken down. Period. Like you, trust me. We've been threatened with every lawsuit. Oh god. Every, oh my god. I mean, every lawyer. Uh, group breakers, lawyers, group breakers that are lawyers have threatened us. <laughs> Literally, you've been threatened by everybody. Guys, we're not scared. We don't give a fuck. And honestly, if you want to go toe-to-toe in that realm, too, let's do that. One of you guys want to throw a punch at me? Oh, Lord, you'll be dealing with me for the rest of your fucking <laughs> yeah, life, You'll be guys. sitting there in a cell with Michael Smith. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, not only you sit in you know, a cell with Michael Smith, you guys can reminisce about how you used to be. You invented the National, and you invented the Industry Summit, and you own these websites. Those will all be gone. One mistake, one punch. Tom Fish almost made that mistake today. I thought he, I thought he was coming up to fight me. You should like cut that clip like, off YouTube. Cut that clip and just post that clip, like Tom Fish. Oh, I will title yeah, it. Will. Tom Fish tries to knock me out or something, or right. you know, right. well, do. We might have other videos. I'll just, I'll just go shoot right, right in front of his face. Do like, some like sensationalized. I, tries gonna, to kill I me. Am going to, I will one hundred percent walk by their booth and every time I see and sometimes there might be some awkward moments where he's like walking he's kind of like walking I can just shout out hey Tom did you, did you fix your hacked website <laughs> he's gonna come, come crawling back on his knees uh, trust me he's got if not it'll be just 
fun laughs for me. We can go to the tops party and I can, in front of all these people who spend all this money at blowout cards, I can ask him about his ha- hacked website in front of all these group breakers and all these people. I don't care. His face is going to get more red than mine. Trust me. His face is going to be a lot more red than mine. And again, this tops employee guy who made the mistake uh, yesterday or on Tuesday, whose face is going to be redder in front of 150 customers and his boss and his boss's boss to uh, Whose face is going to be redder? His face or some guy who spent six months in Vegas with no job and no reason to be there? And who doesn't give a, who apparently doesn't give a fuck, will post anything he wants, who gets anonymous quotes from Beckett and post those on Twitter. Here's a, here's a little tidbit about those. If you didn't see those on Twitter, I've got a couple. Thank you to those people who sent those to me, former employees of Beckett who, who sent me their opinions, uh, somewhat certainly negative opinions about Beckett media. Here's a funny thing about Beckett. They sued friend of the show. Check out my cards. Sometimes retribution doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes retribution isn't, you know, killing your business or kind of knocking you down a pit. But you, you think I would have posted those tweets today if I was friendly with, with anybody at Beckett or if those, those were comments about check out my cards. Probably not. I have a long memory. Beckett sued Check Out My Cards many years ago. And I remember talking to Tim from Check Out My Cards about that and how stressful it was for him. And I remember being really pissed about it. And I remember thinking to myself, anytime I got a chance to take a shot at Beckett, I'm going to fucking do it. Because I liked Tim and I didn't like seeing him being put in that spot. And I think he was getting a raw deal. And the case got acquitted anyway. So we fucking, the, the court decided that it was a raw deal. So not only if you mess with the Sports Card Radio podcast, you might receive the full firing fury of Sports Card Radio if you attack any of our friends as well. Trust me, (laughs) those are things I remember. In March, I will remember this Topps employee not shaking my hand. When I go back to the Topps podcast, transcendent party this year wherever the fuck that is probably in the middle of nowhere i'll remember that this guy didn't shake my hand and if he (laughs) ever has wants to have an interaction with me it'll be the first thing i brought up oh now you want to talk to me now you want to be friendly and he's probably going to have no idea and he's going to apologize and da 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 but it's like no these are things i remember guys so again if you work at a card company if you aspire to be a ceo If you are a CEO, if you're a former CEO, if you have one felony, zero felonies, or ten felonies, just remember, you're always being watched, (laughs) and you're always on the clock. And Judgment Day could be right around the corner. You could turn into Josh Gade. You could Mm. turn into Mike Smith. Mike Smith thought he invented the national. He was sponsoring the national. Now he has ten felonies. His house, his wife, his website is gone. Josh Cade came to the national was going to partner with Beckett on card world TV was breaking cards at the Panini booth at the Panini booth jumped up and tried to fight me with Tracy Hackler sitting right there. Nobody said shit. The guy was the king of Panini king of the national. He is nothing now. Nothing. (laughs) Tom fish is so mad. That a year and a half after his website got hacked, 
he's still to this day pissed about it. To this day pissed about it. Even though I'm not, I'm pro- literally promoting his website. Promoting his website. And he's still pissed. So just know, guys, you want to get your panties in a bunch? Trust me, I can make them tight. I can just twist that, twist them tighter. <laughs> Something to think about, guys, because it's obviously you guys don't think a lot. It's obviously you guys don't. Th- you, ju- you just show up, clock in, and, and don't give a fuck. I know when I did have a real job, and this was many, many years ago, I actually gave a fuck. I actually tried hard. At my manager jobs, I treated my employees with respect. And the customers who came in, when I was on the clock, I was on the clock. I was representing uh, Maxim Healthcare. I was representing Target. I can't even remember the jobs I had. I, I was representing Ooga Booga Skate Shop. That's how long ago these jobs Ooga I had. Booga. Boy, there were some hot women that worked at that place. <laughs> go back there and run through some bitches. So, you would be treating them with respect that, at yeah, this that age, was, maybe. Maybe it's better you don't work at Ookabooga no more. But when, no, well, when I, wor- when I work with somewhere, I, the, the, the work mode is on. Again, you, you, can, you can dig, anybody can dig through my background. Anybody can, can look up my background check. Anybody can, can research my history and try to find a, a, a negative or bad thing uh, uh, about me or anybody that I mistreated, aside from Tom Fish and apparently this guy from Tops. So there we go, guys. I mean, I don't know how more plainly to spell it out. We have seen guys literally fall off the face of the fucking planet. So if you don't want that to be you, act accordingly. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, this is just, how long is this? I don't know, it's been a while. Oh my lord, this is unreal. I feel like we should wrap it up. (laughs) I think so. It's 12.30 here. I was up at 5. Holy shit, it's 3.30 here. Yep. Well, till next year. Till next year, when we'll be in our 11th season at the Sports Card Show podcast. And uh, last several years, bringing it from the National. Maybe let everybody know what you have on tap after Cleveland. Well, I I mean, I think for the rest of the show, you can, I might post some interviews over on the other podcast channel but well shit after actually now that you say that after cleveland you know most people might hang around saturday sunday on the show nope i'm gonna hop on the johnny manzel express airplane to (laughs) las vegas nevada and we're gonna go to you know a nice hotel and have a nice dinner. Actually, a girl I met there is going to hang out with me that night. So that'll be fun. That'll be Saturday night. And then probably the next day I've got to head home. i got a shit ton of work and all this. I actually have real work to do. So got to do that. And then maybe the week after that, there's a Pearl Jam concert in Montana that I have tickets to and plane tickets and uh, hotels and stuff. So as long as work goes well and I feel up to it, 
uh, the week after next, I'll go to Montana for uh, two, three to four days. It looks like hang out up there. So, you know, just the, the no work, you know, the chilling, relaxing lifestyle sounds uh, sounds pretty appetizing to me. Indeed it does. And uh, so with that, I guess that about wraps it up today on the Sports Card Show podcast. Again, we appreciate everybody tuning in and listening. Hope you guys had a little bit entertaining. If you're headed to the show, hope you have a wonderful time. And uh, yeah. And reach out to me. If you do listen to the show, and especially if you're three hours in here, you can always... uh, Reach out to me. Uh, probably Twitter's the best way. Sports Card News is me. Colin is Sports Card Radio. Um, so if you listen to the show and you and you like the show, then for sure. I love meeting people. It's one of the few people that I like to meet at the show or people that listen to the show because you always bring up stuff that has been said that maybe I forgot about or remember when, when you guys talked about this and all this kind of stuff. So I just love hearing uh, the stories and people's reaction uh, to the show, which is usually positive and people just, I, I've gotten a lot of people have come up and just get a great kick out of it. So, uh, if some of the, some of the show is maybe a little bit of a performance, maybe a little bit of a WWE performance, I'm sure you, all you guys who probably listen to this at this point are smart enough to figure that out. Uh, we do appreciate it. And you can always, I've met a lot of people, a lot of people who have listened to the show over the years. So you can always reach out. And one of these days we'll get it to the West Coast and hopefully get Colin out there as well. That's what it's going to take because you know you will never see me in Cleveland, Atlantic City, <laughs> Chicago, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Chicago's cool. You should come out to that. That would be, that would be a dual. That point. would be the only one that I would attend in that rotation of cities. I would take yeah. my talents to South Beach. I would take my talents oh, yeah. anywhere west of Arizona. Yep. But no way in hell you're ever going to see me in Cleveland. I'm like LeBron. You can come out and see some nice breasts in the west, and that's what LeBron did, so fuck you guys in Cleveland. It's about time we win some new titles here. Damn right. Well, thanks again. Uh, just like LeBron, we're going to be getting out of here. And uh, hopefully you guys are all doing well. Thanks for tuning in. But for now, we're out of here. Peace.